I'm here on the Lord's work, Mrs. Snell. Spreading the gospel of God's salvation through Christ's blood. Yes, of course. I have something here I know is going to interest the doctor and you. The teenager's path to salvation through the cross of Jesus. I don't think Sue would be very interested in that. Oh, the children are wandering through the wilderness of sin these days, Mrs. Snell. My Sue is a good girl. These are godless times, Mrs. Snell. Well, I'll drink to that. And on that note, welcome yeah. to the Film Around Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry, sir. Oh, I've been recording for the last like, minute now. <laughs> I, I, caught you mid, I caught you mid-rant in, in the wild. I was like, oh, that, that's good. Let's, let's go with that. Um, yeah, so welcome back. It's been a while. It's been, what, two months? Mm. Three months? A while? Anyway, the summer has come and gone. Uh, all the big movies came out. But uh, here here we are. So, so news, quickly. Uh, since the last time we left you, when some Star Wars directors were fired for being too, I don't know, not stepping to the line and yeah. marching to the of that, beat of that drum... Happened again. Colin Trevorrow has also been fired from a Star Wars movie. This one, people seem less mad about because mm. no one liked Jurassic World, I think, despite mm-hmm. making one and a half billion dollars. Yeah. What were your thoughts How on that? Um, I actually didn't see um, oh, really? <laughs> Jurassic World, no. Um, but I I, eh. I saw... What's the... Safety oh, Book of not, Henry? No, I didn't see that. Oh. I saw Safety Not Guaranteed. Yes. And I really didn't like it. I thought I mean, it was then, fine. Uh, yeah, I, I know that was the movie that people mm. liked, but um, I just sort of really disliked the eh, just a heteronormative <laughs> ending um and it just it sort of set itself up like it was going to be an, an exciting sci-fi adventure and then it was just like Kooky, you should lo- yeah love someone of the opposite gender yeah and everyone's happy so um i mean yeah it wasn't the worst movie but i think it got great. points for being like a weird indie movie that actually did commit to the time travel thing and also mm. what's her face in it Aubrey plaza and everyone loves Aubrey plaza yeah. so that's yeah i think it got more points for her than Tom <laughs> was probably yeah uh, yeah everyone was kind of annoyed he got picked for star wars because people can assume that it wasn't based on merit because jurassic park world is no good safe not guaranteed is fine it just made so much money yeah they're like oh hire him mm. so i think no one's too beat up by the fact that he's been fired uh abrams is back i'm kind of of two minds about that because force awakens was good mm-hmm. i just find him kind of bland as a director yeah i enjoyed force awakens but we kind of need to move on from that now mm. well we so i'm curious need... about last jedi because they they haven't released much about it even trailer wise yet and it's out in like a month, mm. month huh? uh, and ryan johnson has made some weird stuff and he keeps teasing it is going to be different and weird and it'll do something that star wars has never done before so mm. maybe they could i don't think they will do anything brave with it but they could maybe yeah uh so yeah, going back to Abrams after that might be a bit odd. Also, Abrams and they have to handle the whole Carrie Fisher thing, however they want to yeah. do that. So, I don't know. Anyway, interesting news. Uh, in terms of other things, people being back, Daniel Craig is finally after... Is it, is it already been two? No, it's almost two years since he stopped doing interviews after Spectre came out. He's finally like, yeah, begrudgingly he's back. Wow. Um, no one's very surprised by this. This will be his last <laughs> one for sure. Uh, the thing I find interesting is there's a rumor going around that one of the reasons he's back is because Tom Hardy, everyone's talking about Tom Hardy being mm-hmm. up for it, and allegedly that actually was a serious consideration. So they must have been probably courting him either just to light a fire under Craig's ass or just because they need a replacement. Okay. And the rumor is that Hardy and Craig hate each other, or at least Daniel Craig really <laughs> hates Tom Hardy, which is funny because they basically are the same person. They're just these giant meaty men that mm. they made of sausages because uh, they're voting Laircade together and apparently Daniel Craig just did not like him okay. and so the rumour is that he partly took the role just to Ooh, fuck over Tom Hardy wow. <laughs> from yeah. getting the role which is kind of brilliant and incredibly petty and I love it 
that just on the whims of this ego, mm. they're playing dice as like massive multi-billion dollar franchise. Yeah. So that's kind of funny. Uh, Any chance that they just both turn up in the next Bond? Just like, I don't both know. playing James Bond? Well, maybe. I mean, you could have a passing the mantle scene. Or, or two near-identical looking men just, just yeah. in the same room. Yeah. Or, or it could turn out that if, I don't know, depending on whichever of them plays Bond, the other one could just be the bad guy. and That'd be weird, yeah. <laughs> A further long lost brother. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. My or like Daniel Craig pulls brother. off a, a mask through real Tom Hardy, Mission Impossible <laughs> style of a load. I don't know. Yeah, that would be sure. <laughs> Watch that. I think. Oh, uh, actually, could Tom Hardy play Jaws? That might be. Oh, that'd be weird. Not, like a modern yeah. reboot of Jaws. Yeah, that wouldn't be bad casting though. <laughs> and again, it keeps in line with Tom Hardy not being allowed to act exactly. with his, anything but his eyes. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I'm, yeah, I'm totally on board with this. All right. For that one reason, <laughs> keep this weird Chris Nolan. If Chris Nolan is directing, that's what would happen probably. Yeah. He cast Tom Hardy, not yeah. speak. Uh, yeah, Nolan's. I think not going to do the next one. He did make some comments. Did we talk about this last time? I think we did. No, did we not? I don't think so. Okay, so yeah, we did. Actually, no, you're right because during the Dunkirk press tour. Mm. Nolan was asked point blank and he said, yes, I've been talking to the producers, but he said he probably wouldn't do it because he, how was he that quote? He feels like he wants them to need him. So that read to Ew. me like he wants total creative control over yeah. the actors. Yeah. So he'll do it. I bet he'll do the reboot, but he wouldn't do the next one because okay. that's just some film then. It has to be a mm. Christopher Nolan film. Yeah. So I'm like, fuck <laughs> you, you pretentious piece of shit. Uh also, I'm just bored of Nolan's. We'll get to actually done Kirk later, which yeah. I actually quite like. Oh, yes. But I'm kind of <laughs> bored of Nolan, generally. Um, yeah. Other news that has since come out. Uh, let you take the lead in this one. Joss Whedon, uh, oh, yeah. the internet's favourite feminist, apparently massive wanker. Yeah, looks that way. Um, well, this has been kind of going on for years, hasn't it? People yeah. have been kind of subtly saying things and no one really yeah. thought much of it. Well, well, that's the thing that... It's just, I think no one has ever been comfortable with the fact that he is just such an out and proud a self-proclaimed feminist if you're a man in hollywood you probably shouldn't do that you know like that's <laughs> kind of he does. too because like the thing he champions is like his writing and stuff yeah they're not by the standards of most female characters in big hollywood mm. stuff they're good but yeah. they're not like necessarily great women characters either like, no he's okay but stuff like black widow and yeah River and stuff they're all exactly. bit, nah. and uh, well i don't know i didn't stick around to watch a lot of dollhouse because I didn't love it. It's it's basically like the well, this is another show where the premise is there's these women who get their minds wiped and controlled by a shady organization. Uh-huh. Uh, and I don't know, you know, you know, you'll have people saying like, oh, but it goes on and it's, there's deeper meanings and stuff. And mm-hmm. it's like, eh, you're you're still doing exactly the same thing as what what the show is doing. So I don't really care that much. Yeah, now it's his wife his ex-wife, ex-wife. <laughs> uh, important clarification yes of 16 years i think yes yeah, um, basically came out saying that he had been cheating on her without her knowledge from nearly the beginning and yeah it's it has it's brought up quite interesting questions about like can if you did consider his characters feminist or his writing feminist yeah. can you still consider it that way I guess you can. Like it, it is that whole problem of can you separate art from the artist? Mm. And I guess you can. But people, are, the other argument I heard is like people saying, "Oh, is he still a feminist even if he cheated?" And like, we're like no, yeah, <laughs> like the, yeah, no, that's if he's that's like, not like, a yeah, exactly. <laughs> if he's like basically tortured his body psychologically yeah, for years, absolutely. Because and you have the quote. I don't have the quote, but where he said that. Um, what was it like? He, he compared himself to was it a Shakespearean character or something? Oh, okay. And like he was cursed. 
Because he, Ooh, did you read this bit? I don't think so. Okay, because it, <laughs> it was in the letter she wrote, but that he, when, when he was explaining it to her, the cheating, he said something like um, that once he found fame with Buffy and whatnot, he was basically this really sought after producer, writer, director, and just women were just throwing himself at him. Okay. And it was like he'd had some kind of Greek god curse for violence. <laughs> women were just tossing, I couldn't resist all the women just throwing <laughs> themselves at me. Oh, woe is me. Okay. Like my male yeah. privilege is such a curse and burden. I had to indulge the petty whims of the flesh. Like, yeah. fuck off. That uh, does sound familiar, actually, yeah. <laughs> nonsense like yeah oh, absolutely ah. yeah and then and the actually i mean the other argument beyond um you know even people who are like oh was it actually that big a deal he could have potentially have been getting sexually transmitted diseases mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and his wife would not have known nope. even just at the base level of it was she physically safe during her marriage no she wasn't not but nice man didn't you also say that she has like low-level ptsd now or something from her? it sounds yeah i mean from what she came out and said it definitely sounded yeah. like she was i can't remember um, what she said that like he'd done to her that gave that was because i think she did know eventually about the affairs didn't mm. she? and it was like a constant fear of, is there more of them and yeah yeah you've asked for forgiveness and stuff. yeah but yeah so she's been i think she was diagnosed with like properly so she mm. does have like low-level ptsd just from that relationship <laughs> which is yeah insane i mean i suppose it causes you to question like everything you've done over the last yeah. 16 years how much autonomy did you have in a certain way so yeah um, i can't recall if it's like was he gaslighting or something i think there might have been elements yeah, of that too and so. it, it sounds real bad uh, <laughs> yep this so. is a really weird angle to think of it but i keep thinking that like dc were giving all these props for oh they brought in just weed and the fix just as big and i was <laughs> yeah. like ah oh, dang it yeah <laughs> right in time for the press tours <laughs> Yeah, that's a, a bad angle. It's <laughs> DC, poor DC. But mainly poor Joss Whedon, next one. Yes, yes. Uh, his name, I don't actually know. No, <laughs> find it out. Uh, the patriarchy at it again. <laughs> raising yes, raising name. our minds, raising our memories <laughs> of her name. Jesus. Um, on to, on to, like, Sarah, the moment's gone. It's not worth it. Yeah, fair enough. As you know, <laughs> us and names, just, this, yeah. is, this is the thing. <laughs> Yeah, this isn't a bad Joss Whedon thing. This is just, we're bad at names generally. Mm. So this doesn't reflect badly on anyone else. Just yes. So uh, on to what is becoming a infrequent but semi-regular segment, the TV reviews section. Yay. Uh, just two this episode. So first of all, Game of Thrones. Uh, I think, yeah, you reminded me, we did talk about this last year, uh, when the last season ended. And I think you don't really much care for Game of Thrones. I don't mind it. Mm. I, I've kind of gone past my peak fandom of it. I kind of just fine whatever this season uh was good in some ways in that it was very wish fulfillment-y and very expensive yeah. looking and <laughs> they just well this is the thing like they cut out the middleman crap of having full seasons people on boats or on horses yeah. and just went everyone can travel anywhere at any time <laughs> now which on the one hand i appreciate for pacing reasons but it also feels really i don't know like kind of kicking the teethy because we wasted seasons yeah. and seasons of people on boats the nary stuck in sand for like six yeah. years, and I was like, "Oh, anyone can go anywhere for like instantly." Mm-hmm. That's bullshit. But okay, fine. Um, I think the political intrigue is kind of gone. Yeah, they were just there are zombies. Yeah, <laughs> which I guess was always Absolutely. going to happen. But I'm curious how the books will do that now because the books obviously nowhere near finished. Like, is that just the TV show being a TV show and having to give a spectacle? Yeah, I think. Um, I think the the books still are more in the political intrigue mm. like I, I mean even they are obviously pointing towards zombies and end of the world yes. and but um yeah like i mean they're i can't see the books coming to the same sort of happy coincidences of like oh i 
I happen to need, you know, an army. Oh, wait a minute, you have an army you'd like to give me. Oh, that's very convenient. Thank you very much. <laughs> like, I think they're going to manage to keep the conflicts going mm. between the parties rather than just sort of like, well, we eventually all have to be aiming towards the north. Let's, yeah. let's see how we get ourselves there. It did. That episode was great because it was half an hour of every main character finally being in the same room. So that was a nice payoff. But it did feel very convenient that they just went, here's a zombie. Oh, all right, I believe you. Yeah, yeah. But then she said double cross them anyway. So Yeah, well, I don't know. Like, to be honest, I think that was part of the reason I didn't enjoy the episode was, yeah, the best parts of the season have been, it's your favorite characters meeting up together again. But it's like, but that's just fan service. Mm -hmm. Like, that we shouldn't be, I don't think we should be looking forward to you know, pre- to be, enemies be being suddenly room. like, wait a minute, well, let's let's put our swords aside and just chat about <laughs> the weather or whatever for a while. I don't recall that scene, but yeah, that's <laughs> a good point. Uh, well, they are, they're always talking about the weather. That's actually very true. <laughs> not at all wrong. That's mainly the catchphrase of the show. Yeah, about it. yeah. Because, <laughs> like, I did, like, since season one, where I wasn't on board at all with the show, that was boring and slow and it was too much of a fantasy. I was like, I'm not a big fantasy person. Um mm. I was waiting for the inevitable ice dragons or dragons versus ice zombies hmm. showdown, which we finally got this season, and I was very satisfied with. But again, that sequence can't really happen in the books because the books are all written from POV chapters, so there's no yeah. way to convey what happened in that episode unless it would take a whole book to do it. And it was very stupid, but it, just, <laughs> it looked great and very, again, very, very expensive. Uh, I still think Cersei is staying as my top character at the moment because I mm. think she's the most interesting. She's the only one that feels sort of realistic in that she's very psychologically fucked mm. but has a consistent through line whereas everyone else is like Arya and Santa and stuff it's all yeah. just we hate each other but we love each other and I was like yeah yeah I will say I was very happy to see Aiden Gillen finally killed <laughs> uh, and going out by being stabbed right in those vocal cords yeah. I can't do accents anymore <laughs> it was getting rough absolutely so that was very satisfying um, did you see actually someone put up a video of the difference in Littlefinger's voice from the first first season to now. First first season, he has like a Cockney accent. Yeah, I rewatched season one and two recently, actually, and it's it's, it's for one thing consistent, uh, yeah, and a lot less ostentatious of a voice. But yeah, he does sound a lot more English than mm. Irish. And then season three, it suddenly just makes a hard turn left. Yeah, and he comes oh, and I was like, where is that coming from? Yeah. I've heard people trying to justify saying like, it's part of his character. They just keep people on the wrong foot. He just what? does random voices. It's like, that's stupid. Yeah. Aiden Gillis can't do voices anymore. No. <laughs> he can't do any accent. I think The Wire broke him. Uh, okay. Because he had a really good American accent in that. Yeah. And then he couldn't do it again in Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. And to be honest, I don't believe his Irish accent. No, it's, it's the Pierce Brosnan thing. He can't do his own accent anymore. Yeah. Because uh, what was that thing? That's terrifying. You're Ugly 2, where he played like an inner city guy. And it was such a... Like, such a... Like an overt costume of an accent, like mm. it was so put on and so exaggerated. And yeah, he's yeah. Just, he's a bad actor now. And yeah, actually in Calvary as well. I didn't even see I it. I think yeah, it was a Calvary. But he yeah, he I just remember him saying like, "Oh, this crack. Oh, it's very Moorish." And it was just like so weird. Like he was trying to do, I guess, some sort of some part of the country in Ireland. But <laughs> oh, yeah. like I literally, some part of the country. Yeah, yeah. I like I couldn't tell you where. Um, from his accent, anyway. The trailer alone put me off that because the one shot of him in the trailer was him like doing kung fu or something oh, with yeah. a big stupid smile on his face. That looks like the worst like, <laughs> peak Aiden Gillen possible. No, thank you. Yeah. Uh, and instead of Game of Thrones, um, mm. it's going to end badly. It has yeah. to end like in a dissatisfying way because it either ends with them all happily ever after, or they're all dead, or mm. like what can what can it do? Yeah. 
I assume you saw that thing about HBO making multiple endings to throw off yeah. actors. And yeah. And I was like, that actually, just do that. Yeah. Like, release different endings, different that, um, areas. Yeah, just, absolutely. That'd be great. I, I, or, like, I kind of even feel just the last episode should be six 20-minute endings and just, like, one after another. You just pick whichever is your favorite and go, yeah, that's... I'm yeah, happy you that. Just, have like people like a campfire hundred years later yeah. telling the story how it ended, and exactly, they all tell yeah. different version of it. That'd be great. Mm. Actually, that would be great. Do that HBO. Yeah. Because uh, yeah, we have like two years wait till the next one, I think. Mm. Yeah. Um, I think they're shooting part of it in Limerick though for some reason. Yeah. I don't know why Limerick. Yeah, I think the reason is they have to delay shooting because they have to wait for Iceland to get sufficiently icy. Okay. Global warming is causing it to like huh. not get wow. snowy as soon as it would usually. So they wait like November to get snowy. So global warming is the yeah. late Game of Thrones, <laughs> which is fitting in some ways. Given Very the, fitting, the, yes. yes. <laughs> uh, but on to slightly more meritorious television, mm. The Handmaid's Tale, yes. which I think it's amazing that this was conceived, written and shot long before Trump was even properly mm. in the running for presidency. And yet the relevancy to it now is just so yeah. incredibly there. Um well, me, you, well, yeah, I mean, even more than that, that, I mean, it was written 30 years ago. Mm. And and when the, the first trailers were, were out, you had people going, what is this liberal Obama bullshit? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, which is um, amazing. I don't think it could, it would have had the same impact if we had had a Clinton win. Uh, so at least. Not at all. Thank, no. thank you, Trump, for. It's weird. Amazing like, TV. <laughs> yeah. So, cause remember last year when Purge came out? Mm, I was yeah. like, oh, what a nightmare that would be. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that looks good. Oh, Jesus. And then I got the Kingsman, Kingsman later on, but Kingsman 2 has this whole very Trumpy subplot. In it, yeah. Which, again, that would have been shot well before he was even running. So it's mm. just either they changed it in post or it's just weird timing. But you get the sense that maybe Handmaid's Tale and this and Kingsman stuff were meant to be these kind of vague what if <laughs> yeah pseudo warnings whereas now it's just like this weird oh god i can't escape like mm. reality because i was watching it and i think i got to the episode with the um the protest mm-hmm. the day of charlottesville so that just happened oh, when i watched the episode and oh, wow. this, is, this is really bleak and the visuals yeah. are so similar and again that sequence because of the philip glass blondie crossover song they're using is incredible but yeah it's like it's fucking harrowing mm. um, it's doubly harrowing because it's every second day on the news now yeah absolutely um, but yeah you've read the book i assume yeah so how does it because i know it isn't obviously the whole book it's is it any of the book because um, it's, it's quite a- liberally adapted from what i understand yeah it no it actually i it's most of the book um All right, okay. and it's kind of does what i think most uh, adaptations should aim at which is rather than show you the book or show you something other than the book uh, you know, an appro- a close approximation of the book. Mm. It actually deepens your your reading experience, and yeah. um, because uh, it sort of answers a lot of questions that the book doesn't go into, and it also it answers them in like quite a fulfilling way, rather than I suppose just like oh we have to add in stuff mm. here. Yeah, no, it's it's very it's very good. I mean, the the difference is that the book ends <laughs> doesn't really end actually. It it, it basically zooms out from the story and you realize that you're reading a potentially counterfeit text from 200 400 600 years before oh and it's a it's like an artifact that's basically being examined sometime in the far distant future as like a possibility of could this have been uh uh, like a dystopian government that that existed at some point in the past oh so it's really like it's such a curveball that's um weird. to be honest as much as I kind of admire the book for doing that, I'm glad the TV show didn't do that. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes, yeah. So, exactly. like, how far into the book is the TV show? Like, how, season one? 
Um, season one is pretty much it, the whole book. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, so like nothing happens in the book. <laughs> kind of, yeah. <laughs> Well, that's what I kind of appreciate about it. Like I was saying to you before, like I, I, I like that it isn't just some Hunger Games shit whereby mm. it starts off and gives you the stakes and then she finds the rebellion because there's, there's yeah. mention of the rebellion the whole way through, but like nothing happens on that front. Like there's mm. no forward momentum. The plot ends and starts with her just stuck in a situation and just mm. yeah, which I appreciate because yeah, it's really good world building and you get a better sense of. I still don't understand how the study came about, but like, you get a better sense mm. of it once it existed. Sure. Um, yeah, I was confused by because um, the is it the admiral or what's. The commander, the guy who's she's the slave of. Yeah, commander. Yeah, yeah, commander Something. Fred, isn't it? Fred Waterford. No, she's all Fred. Yeah, so it must be Fred. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like his wife in the flashbacks, you see her being this like liberal yeah. professor in college or something, yes. and then suddenly it's like she ins- or she wrote part of the. Like the, the founding like the document for yeah, the manifesto yeah. for this society. Like, that's really confusing. Uh, it re- <laughs> yeah, it is quite odd. But I mean, I suppose like it, it is sort of like you know, I, I suppose we have our own. Of that type in Ireland, you know, like mm. you have Brita O'Brien, like for some reason, you know, women like her who for some reason just don't want women to be able to have any control. Of no evidence bodies. of her being like some like liberal college. Oh yeah, <laughs> no, like well, I'm not sure that she's that liberal. Do you think? I think it's more that she she realizes she has power herself and Perhaps. wants to use it to yeah. basically you know wield it over everyone else. But then at the end of the day, kind of realizes, oh, wait, that means I have to exactly. follow it too. Uh, well, um, I guess also they have that whole conceit of there's no babies being born, so that yeah. sort of spurs on different... Yeah, yeah that's definitely a convenient mm. feat, uh, or conceit, rather, for the for the show. But um, at the same time... Is I that mean, not in the book, no? I think it is, but the book is actually even more vague about what happened before. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, so, there, I mean, there is this hint that suddenly, like, a whole load of weird religious movements started and uh, particularly like about basically telling women that they're not allowed to be employed they're not allowed to have bank accounts yeah. and all this kind of stuff but I actually I did find that disturbingly likely to happen that you know I mean not necessarily in Ireland but I can imagine like you know like women haven't really had full rights regarding employment for that long that's I, true you know I genuinely and like I, I can imagine if if there was a real brought in tomorrow saying you're not allowed to employ women anymore, I can imagine people being really freaking pissed off about it and there being a lot of mm. noise about it. But if people said men can't or just that people, basically, yeah. if the same was to happen to men, like I don't think that could be implemented. No, you know? no, that's very true. Um <laughs> Thank you for that bleak turn. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> It's a good show. It's, um, it's, it's a good show. I, I'm glad she won the Emmys actually for her performance because she's really. Oh, I'm not yeah, a huge yeah. fan of her usually. Like Mad Men, I always thought she was a bit overhyped. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I still find it hard to reconcile the fact that I like her as an actress with that she's Scientologist. Yeah, but whatever. yeah. Um, uh, especially yeah, given that like she's in the show about a weird religious cult and yet yeah, even, like the the main weird religious cult. But yeah, <laughs> whatever. Uh, yeah, I think. The only issue with the show is again that lack of forward momentum. But I don't know if that, I don't know if that's a bad thing. It's just, it's just different from the use of it. Mm-hmm. And I do think the show doesn't do the best job of exploring the world outside of it purely because if they'd never explained the society before this happened, I think it'd be mm-hmm. fine. But that they keep like cutting to Canada and showing like her ex-husband and stuff. Okay, yeah. And you get the sense that it's like there's one little conclave somewhere in America that's doing this yeah. and everyone else is fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just feels like a bit of a weird world. Bit. Is there a giant like wall around? Is it just like upstate New yeah. York or something? Is that where they are? So. <laughs> well, yeah. I guess that another thing I quite liked was the whole 
communication with Mexico. Mm, mm, um, that was bleak. It, it was very bleak, but like, sort of also, once again, quite prescient, considering... Yes, yes, yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> also, I think it's fair to say he's not actually her ex-husband. Sorry, yes. I, I, as soon as I said that, I realized that, like, he... Well, mm, uh. just, just that they don't know that, he, that they're both alive still. Yeah. <laughs> and that she's not really a person anymore legally, yeah so. yeah well yeah that's true yeah so the, <laughs> oh god yeah, slip of the tongue in my part but also not technically correct <laughs> um yeah no it is very good though. Uh, i actually love the score too it's oh, like yeah. a sicario score um it's excellent um yeah i'm looking forward to more seasons of it and see i'm off two minds like do i want to see it go a generic dystopian yeah. route whereby she starts a rebellion and it's Does a good it? question. It doesn't. You don't want to go from battle Bro- battle royale to battle royale two. <laughs> uh, I haven't seen battle royale two, but I assume that's a bad thing. Because <laughs> like I, now that I know the book ends like that, I yeah. guess I wouldn't mind the show just not doing that exactly, but like ending in a sort of nowhere note. Because I don't yeah. think it's the kind of show where it would feel cathartic for it to end happily ever after. Yeah, I agree. I do think that um, the writer of the novel, Margaret mm. Atwood, is. Still on... soon was dead and then oh, oh no God. she's producing the tv show <laughs> what from beyond the grave because <laughs> i know it's written like the 30s and you're like no oh, it's the 70s like, oh right, right. <laughs> yeah no she's still still alive and we're glad she is she ex- yes yes we are i actually met her um oh, no, I, yeah i was at her um birthday, her birthday <laughs> <Garden yeah>. <laughs> no I was, she she reads she does readings in dunleary every couple of years what yeah is she um no she's canadian but um, I suppose she likes coming, likes touring. Oh. So yeah, no, I, I, she like signed some books for me, and oh, she nice. answered a question at Q and A. So yeah, she's really great. But um, the fact that she's still on board gives me hope mm. that she can uh, maybe season two might not be as strong because it doesn't have the same strong source, source material. material. Yeah. She could still bring it in a good and hopefully nearly as good direction. So. Well, I presume she's still have ideas of where that world went next. Yeah, yeah. Even if she never wrote a sequel, like, it's probably been in her head. And Absolutely, yeah. I think, like, yeah, between this, Game of Thrones, like, did you watch American Gods? I haven't yet. I haven't read the book, but, um, like, Neil Gaiman's very heavily involved in that show. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's actually, the same that, thing that's, their... that's true. I should really watch it, because I love it the book. It is very good. Yeah. <laughs> um, weird, but it's good. But, yeah, like, he's very heavily involved, and it's doing the same thing that you were saying about mm-hmm. Handmaid Tale, and that it's, it's kind of taking bits of the book that were briefly mentioned and then giving them, like, fuller... Mm-hmm. Um, subplots like you read the book you said cool. yeah 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 so like the the cab driver and the gin and stuff like that's like a whole like running subplot oh, okay it's like a one scene thing and yeah there's lots of stuff like that um yeah that, that's actually a very good show okay uh, but so. yeah so i think it's probably fair to say that if she's involved it probably will be a good season mm-hmm. uh yeah i'm looking forward to that one um and it's, it's a hulu production yeah yeah uh yeah so of those two shows watch Handmaid's Tale mm. and Game of Thrones. Yeah. Although Game of Thrones again, very expensive. Yeah. And that shot of the ice dragon like melting a huge wall was great. <laughs> and also the dragon versus zombies fight. And then Ahidi is still wonderful. Mm. Uh, they're all great. Yeah. Apart from Maiden Gillen, who's no dead. Yeah. So Hooray. it's fine. <laughs> yes, so films. Uh, mm. I think we'll start with a bit of, a bit of nepotism. Oh, yeah. Sarah takes away. Um, yeah, very happy to say. Um, <laughs> this is shown at um, the gays film festival that was september now um it was the, the 34th which was a look at the behind the scenes work uh, leading up to the yes campaign during the for um marriage equality um it was directed by my aunt linda cullen and uh, her friend and co-worker vanessa gilday so yeah i was 
very lucky to actually be in the, the like opening gala. Gala, exactly. <laughs> so it was. I mean, I feel. Yeah, I, it's kind of hard to talk about it in a dispassionate way because yes. it, was, it was it was very special. Like, I mean, it's mainly documentary. It's mostly talking heads mm. interspersed with news and events from like the last 10 years basically looking at everything that both mar- marriage equality uh, and glenn that were the two kind of organizations that were oh, yeah, basically yeah. trying to go towards equal marriage in ireland were doing i mean it's it's quite interesting because um unlike the story of yes which was obviously very also very good but it was sort of more of a, an outsider's look at what you know what what did mar- what did it look like what did Ireland look like before and, and everything this was like from the inside so you were looking at all it's looking at all the like conflicts mm. of interest and to and I mean really admirably how basically Glenn wanted to go for civil partnership whereas marriage equality wanted full marriage and basically how they kind of put their differences aside and work together which is you know, quite admirable, I think. Mm. And it's also looking at the court case brought by Catherine Zappone and Anne-Louise Gilligan against the Irish state. And it was quite sad as well because Anne-Louise Gilligan, who actually died during the editing of oh, during of course, the yeah. of the film. So, I mean, sad for lots of reasons, but she, mm. no, she didn't get to see the final product, which is obviously terrible. But yeah, I mean, like on a slightly personal note for me like I was seeing I was seeing people that I have seen all through my life my aunt's friends you know who were um, on you know were marriage equality like leading marriage equality like Denise Charlton and Grania Healy and I was kind of realizing like they were people that you know I just saw every Easter and every (laughs) like you know I was like just like a stupid kid running Mm. around and they were like planning to change Ireland um, which is just, you know, a really humbling feeling. And there's also, I mean, there's also kind of images and footage of my aunt's family and her two daughters. And there's even photos of my grandma and stuff. So it was re- like a really emotional day for me. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it was really, really lovely. Um, I probably gushing a bit too much, but I definitely say it's unfortunately RTE aren't going to show it because I guess they already have a sh- film about equal marriage so they don't need a second one i don't know are they like bad method anyway? no i don't think they're doing anything like that but <laughs> it's just basically like they're not interested in showing it so it's it's gonna which is stupid so if anyone's listening just make them make them put that it on that feels Come like on. a political move though because it's rte should be willing to show any irish films yeah they, no, they really should so i think it's it's going on the the touring circuit mm. now but um yeah. i mean hopefully hopefully rte will see the light I thought she wrote on that note the RT thing um, there's an RT secret producer thing oh yeah which uh, you didn't know about it, apparently but it, it's amazing there's so if anyone doesn't know this could be like resolve but I'm just going to say I don't know <laughs> uh, there's some disgruntled RT producer uh, who's just who weirdly actually really believes in RT as a broadcaster mm. and things like the nation needs it and stuff and they're trying to be good about it by saying look these are all the shit things that we need to fix and RT are putting out press releases saying like tell us who you are and like this Ooh. is disloyalty and it's <laughs> damaging us and like you know they're doing they're doing it out of loyalty everyone else is enjoying it because you're shit <laughs> but they're saying stuff like um it's been the same what do they call it, like genre controllers like commissioners or whatever uh for the last decade that they're not making any new shows it's all just mm-hmm. the same crap 
Uh, the one guy refuses to put anything on that he himself didn't come up with the idea for. So that's why he killed off like Hodge and Rodge and stuff. Oh, wow. But tried and failed to get four different Craig Doyle shows off the ground. <laughs> Craig Doyle. Aww. Uh, and like no one's any work. Everyone comes in at like 10, fasts around till the first break, has okay. come to like 12. Oh, wow. To, like half 12. Everyone's going to hate this guy. I, yeah. Yeah. yeah now. It sounds, I actually want to work there now. It sounds like the civil service, <laughs> but worse. I'm like, oh, please let me in here. Uh, so yeah, I'd recommend there isn't that many tweets, but there's enough of them that it, it okay. makes for good they, readings. And they might be deleted by the time we get out of here. So well, no, because they're also like, they have a second account set, Ooh, ready to go with okay. five like, plus tweets already written. So if this one goes down, they're, oh, they're going amazing. out. Amazing. I presume it's even worse stuff. Wow. So yeah, it's exciting. This is the best thing RT has done in years. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so I, you know, I, there's something political there with that. That showing in that movie that's that's yeah. weird they wouldn't show it mm-hmm. um well yeah so that's the 34th uh, i actually wouldn't mind seeing that now yeah. that kind of good. Uh, from that to something very different uh war for the planet of the apes mm-hmm. which is the concluding part of the trilogy of ape films <laughs> uh prequel trilogy is what they say they're saying they might do a fourth one now and I'm like that oh. one, that's stupid <laughs> no. <laughs> no it ended perfectly that's yeah. where it should end I was, I was annoyed there was no post credit scene like, mm. like just showing a ship crashing to earth true yeah that's all yeah. I needed and it would have been perfect but um, yeah so this is story of Caesar once more played by Andy Serkis uh, the villain is what's his face Woody Harrelson yes there we go haha mm, we got yeah. a name <laughs> Jonathan it's <laughs> uh, fun to have in jokes um <laughs> Yeah, Woody Harrelson is like the last main. Well, no, I think there's a bigger army, but he's a, a weird yeah. splendid group of like the super, not even white supremacists. Well, they're an allegory of white supremacists, but the human supremacist group. I suppose <laughs> you say. It's a weird sentence. Um, and he's very much just like wipe out the apes, kill them all. They killed us. The virus, yeah, yeah. the virus in the first two is now plot mutated to also turn you into like regression, regress you into apes, kind yeah. of. Yeah. So it's all happening, but it's a kind of triple structured movie where it's sort of a road movie, and then it's a prison movie, and then it's a war movie, mm. and it's very long, yeah. and it feels its length, but it also doesn't feel boring necessarily. It just feels it does feel noticeably long, but in kind of a slightly earned way, I'd almost mm. say. Uh, Andy Serkis is so great. Uh, like the second one, I once again almost cried because yeah. just tiny <laughs> apes in distress is yeah. so much more empathetic than humans. <laughs> than <laughs> Yeah, what were, what were your thoughts on yeah, it? Yeah, I enjoyed it. I definitely, at the time, thought this is great. Mm. And I think it probably was great. Um, <laughs> but I think it also just wasn't different enough from the second mm, one. Because mm. I kind of didn't find myself thinking about it that much afterwards. Yeah, I agree um, with that. Like, I mean, I thought, yeah, Woody Harrelson did a good job. Uh, actually, very one, good job. Once again, accidental Trump. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Everything yeah. that's been made in the last year is accidentally full of Trump. Exactly. <laughs> but I actually, I thought that... Um, Gary Oldman was a better villain in the second one. Like, he was more yeah, yeah. just, like, I guess he was... He's more believable. Like, more he, believable, He wasn't, yeah. like, a psychotic one-dimensional lunatic. Yeah, exactly. Uh, even though, like, Harrelson had the whole backstory and stuff, it didn't feel as convincing as... Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, also, you have that great line where he goes, well, if we don't stop you, it'll be, it'll be a planet pause of apes. <laughs> <laughs> Basically right to the camera. Yeah. I almost cheered. Uh, that was great. But you yeah, know, there's there isn't good stuff. Like it's very unsubtle. Like when they're oh, escaping so at the end, it's when amazing. he escapes in the flagpole, like the burning American flag. Yeah, yeah. we get it, movie. All right. That's it. And there's plenty of ape Jesuses as well. Just, <laughs> so many just in case you missed it. I would say I like that it it did the thing of once he'd succeeded. I guess spoilers for all of this. Once they succeeded and escaped, that he just relinquished power immediately, which is what Caesars are supposed to do. I suppose. True. I hadn't thought of that. Yeah. 
Because like films never do that. It's always like redemptive violence and then carry on. He's like, yeah. no, no. If we build a society on violence and war, that's mm. what happened again. So I'm out. I'm like that's yeah, that's a good yeah. message movie. <laughs> so don't make a fourth one. There's definitely war and violence. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah no it was good uh, the comic relief guy I wasn't totally sold on Bad Ape I can't remember what his name was he's called Bad Ape oh yeah Steve Zahn's character yes yeah um, yeah mm, it was a bit weird bits I, of it worked but mm. yeah I actually in a way I couldn't figure out how sorry you were supposed to feel for the guy yeah he's <laughs> like a psychopath but also brain damaged yeah so really know. brain damaged um, and also smart move uh, but a very obvious one to give us a mute, mute child protagonist because they're yeah. sympathetic automatically because they, <laughs> they can't be talking and annoying yeah even that, that series had some good kid actors actually over mm, the last few years great uh, and not a single James Franco reference no or like picture of him yeah <laughs> or it's on there fire goes my the theory <laughs> <laughs> but um <laughs> yeah i was wondering as well maybe it, this is really obvious or maybe not i don't know but is the child the mute child is she supposed to grow up to be the woman the mute woman in the, the planet of the apes i've actually not seen there's a planet of the apes. is there a mute okay woman there is yes oh. so you see the thing is that that wouldn't make sense narratively speaking, but I'm pretty sure it would make no sense in terms of time. And But then again, yeah. I don't think these movies are that concerned about time because none of it would make sense in the time period that they've put it. So I, I would like to think that maybe that is the, the, the way it's going. That feels like it has to be an intentional touch, yeah, because she was the only human left with them, wasn't she, at the end? Yeah. So yeah, that's probably, yeah, okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Um, hmm. <laughs> Yeah, like on the one hand, I wouldn't mind seeing what they do if they just followed it up and did the Planet of the Apes movies. Yeah. But also that not Tim defeats Burton. the purpose, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, what was it? Ape Abe Lincoln? Remember the oh, yeah, yeah. Um, that, yeah, that was weird. Yeah, uh, it, was, it was good. I, I agree, though. I think it was too similar to two and yeah. it wasn't different enough. Um, but again, props on for making a pretty solid trilogy overall yeah, that yeah. was consistent and worked. Uh, yeah, so that's that's Planet of the Apes. Uh, next is Dunkirk. Ooh. So this came out a while ago now. At this point, yeah. uh, and I can't remember what were your sort of pre it coming out thoughts. Were you looking forward to it? Or not? I was, yeah, yeah. Um, like not not from a like Nolan point of view. Mm. I don't really like Nolan very much. Does, does anyone anymore? Like possibly keep... not. Ugh. No, I I did think this is a pretty solid genre i don't know how he can mess it up too mm, bad mm-hmm. and he didn't mess it up too bad no, he didn't. <laughs> even though i feel like the reason i did so much is because he didn't really do that genre it was yeah. sort of everything but a war movie Agreed. also yeah because um, ha- having said that sorry to cut across you but i feel like i feel like it's he's getting kudos for something that he shouldn't be getting kudos for which is people are like oh he's not ge- he's not doing like a gung-ho pro war movie and mm. it's like if you watch most pro most war movies they're not really that pro war no. like they're more ambivalent yeah <laughs> so i like i don't really get the, the admiration for like oh he's gone and done something different i think he's kind of gone and done something quite similar i guess in a, a year or a decade when they give like american sniper and stuff which are these very gung-ho okay yeah patriot things i guess so but i know you mean, like yeah. world war ii stuff isn't overly happy about yeah. World War II. I guess there's stuff like, you know, Guns of Navarone, which is a very kind of boys on a mission sort of mm. things, or it's sort of more heroic and adventure But yeah, I wouldn't say most of the films are necessarily pro-war. Yeah, like that's the thing. I mean, stuff like like Tin Red Line or, yeah. you know, even like Saving Private Riot. Mm. I don't think they're just 
just more great. Yeah, they kind of glamorize <laughs> it, but don't necessarily endorse it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and even then, like, there is definitely some flag waving in mm. Dunkirk. There's not much, thankfully. There's very little of it, but there's. Like, I feel like the only reason that what's this, Kenneth Branagh is there. He has like no screen time. Yeah. He's there is going to come at the end, look towards the camera, and have a single mournful beer <laughs> as the score swells. Yeah, yeah. That's all he's there for. Uh, that's actually a major problem, I think, is that the cast are. Well, this happens in every Nolan movie. He casts loads of people, and they're mm. all really good, but they get like in this one because it's less. Is it less than two hours? Yeah, yeah. It's quite short, actually. Yeah. It's very short, which again works in its favor. Mm. But they're all wasted because they're all just cameos. Yeah, there's no clear protagonist. Like, it's nominally Finn. What's his name? Whitlock, Whitmore, Whitehead. 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 Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Fionn. Not Fionn, Fionn. Yes. 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 Fionn Whitehead. <laughs> uh, who again is very good, but like doesn't do much. Oh like, yeah. He's just looking at the camera a lot. Like one of my main issues with the movie is there were so many young men who just looked really alike. I could yes. not tell who was doing what. For a long you time. knew who Harry Styles was. So we all know who he is. <laughs> no, I agree with you though. And um, I, that's another thing I quite liked is that it, it did cast, but well, it didn't actually necessarily cast young, but it cast people that looked young. Yeah, which yeah. Made it much worse. Not like that's what it was like. Yeah, it was just yeah. like boys gone to war. It wasn't men. Yeah, and um, like I also give it that probably it was probably intentional to be like, look, you can't tell these people apart. They're all you know, yeah. like like war kind of strips your humanity from you. Exactly. So yeah, and you're all in uniform. So. Yeah, and makes you're, sense. You're Tom Hardy, you're nothing but a pair of eyes. <laughs> exactly. In a sort but, uh, of, uh, fuck you, Tom Hardy, yeah. not let acting anything with your eyes in my movies. Yeah. It just it also just makes for a more confusing watch, I uh-huh. guess. <laughs> On top of the needless narrative. Yes. Temporal messaroundiness. Agreed. Uh, which I kind of had my... Because I didn't like that at all when I first saw it. I thought it was needless and typical Nolan mm. obfuscation and trying to look and make it look like it's so deep because it's confusing. Yeah. But I've had it sort of defended to me a bit more. Like, yeah, okay, I guess it makes sense to do it that way. But it still feels a bit needless. Yeah, I think, like, if you had to, because they don't really show the Germans at all, which I love. Mm. It makes them this weird, nebulous, terrifying force. And the sound design of the planes, which is like a realistic plane noise, but just in some way amplified mm. to be screechier or more ear piercing, it, it is genuinely quite harrowing to see those plane attacks. Mm-hmm. Um, which I guess then means that the main villain of the movie is technically Killian Murphy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As yeah. sort of the the horrors of war personified, I guess. Yeah. And again, like he's not in it much. It doesn't do a lot. It does enough. They're like, oh, he's a bad one. Mm. <laughs> but again, is he though? He's just sort of damaged and yeah. shell-shocked. And it's it's a weird movie. It, I did find it weird that they had one of the temporal shifts. So mm-hmm. suddenly like... What was it? it was Killian Murphy's on a ship going down, and then the next thing is, oh, there he is on yeah. um, the 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 ship with the Mark Rylance. And Mark Rylance, yeah. yeah. Is Killian Murphy just been inceptioned? Like, what's <laughs> like? Why is this a, a thing right now? Yeah, I think that was when I finally clicked me. I was like, oh, oh, right, there are two different times. Yeah. I was confused at like how many nights are passing for like. Fionn Whitehead and stuff mm. while Rylance is sailing towards them. I was because I know it comes up saying whatever it is like, uh, then is it the needle or what did I call the thing again? Oh yeah, the something oh. and it's like one week and the, the yeah. air one day and it's in one hour and you know like in hindsight that all makes sense, but at first it's like what does any of that? Those are just words. What does that yeah. mean? <laughs> well, the other thing as well is that his his argument about that it's the different the different like mediums are different times doesn't actually ring true because the people on the beach go into the water for a long time come back yes so i feel like he's he's not quite keeping to his unity of uh time and space as he would no. like to but uh eh, you know he's his movie i guess he can do what he wants 
Uh, it's, it's probably still like one of the best things he's made. Uh, like yeah. it, it, it's, <laughs> I'm curious to see it not in a cinema. Like I don't need to be anywhere near as good. Yeah, it's something you need to be trapped with in a dark room in a loud dark room and just be attacked by for an hour and a half. Yeah. Uh, but as that, it is very effective. Again, like there's really nothing to it. Past yeah. The surface. Like, yeah. It is just this highly experiential thing with no real plot very little in the way of like patriotism or anti there's no message to it even really it yeah is just i know thing yeah i don't know how to describe it um actually like well, what kind of did annoy me was i think it fell somewhere between realism and metaphor it didn't really yes. know what it was going for like you had like the whole for most of the movie really you had just whole swathes of soldiers not saying anything just standing there silently and you're kind of like, okay, I can see what he's kind of going for. Mm. But the fact then that, that when people open their mouth and have dialogue, the dialogue is so stilted and, um, what's the word, basically just there to deliver information. Yeah, yeah. It tells you that he's they're not silent because, he, they're not, the reality is they're not silent because he thinks it's cool or interesting. It's because he doesn't know what they would say. Yes. <laughs> you know? <laughs> So. Well, his dialogue has never been the best anyway. No. Um, so, I, again, I, I, this is the thing. Like, it's a really good Nolan movie because it's intentionally very unknown-y in many yeah, ways. Like, yeah. there's something he does well with, like, action scenes and, like, Vista visuals. Like, those dog fights looked incredible. Uh, I think they actually did shoot the shoot IMAX with Spitfires and it all looks amazing. Mm-hmm. But all of the actual usual Nolan fallbacks aren't there, not because he fixed them, it's because he just didn't do them. Yeah. Apart from the needless messing around the editing but yeah um it's a lot better interstellar anyway yeah <laughs> and probably dark Knight rises and most of the movies probably inception uh mm-hmm. yeah no I, I i did despite spending the last year going it actually was very good and harry styles to his credit can actually act yeah yeah more than he can <laughs> sing or indeed do have you seen him interviews he's terrible interviews oh. he's really awkward okay uh but he can actually act yeah. and i thought along with killian murphy was kind of the other main villain like he mm-hmm. was a real yeah. just shit person yeah um yeah but you yeah, know it was i'm genuinely surprised it was good as it was uh what am i seeing again so yes fair play nolan mm. on segmenting yeah. a year of me knowing for <laughs> uh yeah so up next uh one i've not seen sarah tell us yeah. about Lu- Lu- i keep want to call it lucky logan logan lucky <laughs> should be lucky logan because i thought when is- i saw the trailer first it did say lucky logan and then for weeks i was like oh looking forward to that lucky logan movie and then i kept thinking <laughs> why is it written backwards yeah. I've, Is it explained why it's called that? I, I think that it's just that that's the family name. Like Logan. Surely it would still yeah. be Lucky Logans or something. Yeah. Um, no, I don't think it is. It's really explained. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm afraid not. But it is very good. Yes. Yeah, I would very much recommend it. It's, yeah, it's a heist movie mm-hmm. set in North Carolina. So it's Channing Tatum is, uh, oh, what, well, I guess what would you call it? Like basically he, I guess he's kind of, a drill, a driller, like as in he, he works underground. I we don't just know called them laborers. Laborers, alrighty, <laughs> we'll, we'll do that. Yeah, he's he's working in a motor speedway mm. park and gets laid off because he has a limp, and essentially then decides him and his brother Adam Driver decide to that, that since they know where the the money goes mm. underground, that they will recruit their friends to get some of that money back. So we've also got Daniel Craig in there, who I know you were interested to see. I just like seeing him <laughs> in things, because he's trying so hard to not be Bond and yeah. anything else he's in. So like him <laughs> playing a weird southern mob type, that's such a bizarre mm. albino. And like, oh, it's weird. Like it's, it, The accents you can go from the trailer, though. I, mm. He looked pretty decent in it. 
Yeah, actually, now I don't know why that reminded me of it, but I feel like this is actually a Gleason heavy uh, podcast oh, as well. Yes. Because this is bringing Gleason this one, yeah, too, he is, yeah, and yeah. I actually didn't re- I didn't recognize him in it, and at the end when I realized who he was, I was like, oh, that explains the accent because I also had no idea where he's supposed to be from. <laughs> But yeah, he plays uh, one of Craig's brothers, so it's it's all... Oh, really? Yeah, it's a bit odd. <laughs> is he even in the trailer? Like, is his name mentioned in the trailer? Because I know like, I it's know. a really big cast. Yeah. Because even actually Mother, I didn't know that was him laughing Yeah, yeah, there you go. Like, oh, there's Donald Gleeson and some other guy. Like, <laughs> oh, that was all right. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of the things I really like about, about Logan Lucky is um, it just kind of, it shows all his characters to be really intelligent Mm -hmm. which uh, yeah I think I've probably complained before about movies just not doing that Um, Alien (laughs) (laughs) but yeah it's like the opening scene is um, Channing Tatum's character fixing his car engine and him telling his like eight year old daughter I think she's about eight Mm. um, which spanners he needs and and, like basically he'll just say like I need a wrench and she says like monkey or whatever every character has their own intelligence and it's uh, portrayed in in a quite a clever way um it's actually the the gender politics of the movie are actually really good hmm. yeah like the, like actually that's his... something you never say i know <laughs> um i won't say again even. <laughs> that's it. because yeah i mean his 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 daughter is uh, understands like mechanics very well but then she's also off to be in a child beauty pageant and the the movie is actually really positive and open to I suppose Southern American culture that's usually mm. frowned on, and yeah, it's it just does a really good job of showing like, hey, it might not be for us, but you know, yeah. th- these people are still people. People, <laughs> um, yeah, I feel like in 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 sort of a year where maybe poor people in America have gotten a an unfair mm-hmm. ridiculing <laughs> that that I think a movie like this actually was just like, hey, you know what? There's a lot of good good things going on in, in the south, and let's admire that. Mainly crime and high Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that too. <laughs> now the part I'm intrigued by is oh, yes. you told me beforehand yes, that you I didn't did. understand what happened in the film. So yeah, <laughs> please go on about this. This sounds amazing. Okay, well, yeah. So I think I was also saying that it's Stephen Soderbergh, yes. in case I didn't yeah, say yeah. before that. Yeah, his previous heist movies, anyway, have mm. basically has someone. Usually George Clooney establishing the heist. Always George Clooney. Yes. You then you watch the heist and you think, okay, we've seen it uh, to the conclusion, and then you realize at some point that you've actually been led astray somewhere along the way. Someone else came in and did something different, which completely negated the ending you saw. <laughs> so I followed the, f- the first heist, um, and then sort of crumbled after that <laughs> and in my defense I, I was asking my my boyfriend he kind of didn't really follow it either right and we were in the swan cinema and it was so hot like i actually <laughs> thought i was getting a fever i jesus right. was very scared so I, i'm basically blaming the cinema <laughs> on it yeah if i mean hey maybe i'm you know not necessarily i, I wouldn't claim to be particularly good at following complicated <laughs> plots so maybe it's just just a failing of mine but yeah, it was really good. If anyone can see it and tell me what the ending was, I would well, like I to know that. I've heard the reviews mention that they didn't get the ending. So if I do see it, which I hopefully will soon, um, I will let you know. Okay, thank you. <laughs> uh, I was going to make a joke there about the fact that if you, don't, if you can't understand complicated films, I guess like Mother went over your head. But first, another trip to Trump's America via analogy, Detroit. Hmm. So this is the new... 
crap, what's her name? Catherine Bigler. Catherine Bigler, thank you. <laughs> the new Bigler movie. Um, uh, I actually didn't know it was her until after it was over. The- oh, right. Oh. Uh, I knew a woman directed it going mm. in, but I didn't know it was her. Uh, and that kind of made sense because it's this is going to get into criticism for it. In the synopsis. <laughs> it is too long and it feels very Oscar-y. Those are like the two only real attractions I've heard. So it's set during the riots of the late 60s or 70s? I think, I think it's actually 50 years ago. Oh, was it actually? Okay, right. I actually, that makes sense. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Um, uh, namely, the event at the, uh, the hotel, the really stupid mm, name. Yeah. Which I thought was made up, but actually wasn't in the end. Oh, I, yeah, uh, sorry. It's, I like, it's like a Greek god's name. name or something. Anyway. Okay. This, it's, <laughs> it's about racism, you guys. It's really about <laughs> racism. Uh, so yeah, it's set during these riots where the white cops are just beating down. Was it Harlem or Brooklyn? God damn it, we should look this up before we did this. <laughs> it's a choice. <laughs> the the, the, the yeah. hint was there all along. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. So anyway, it's okay. yeah, so it's, it's been massively ghettoized and the police are just being what, what white cops are, mm. uh, which eventually ends up in like curfews and riots. And it escalates and escalates to the point. It's basically war on the streets, and the main chunk of the plot happens in this hotel. It's not Dionysus, is it? I'm just... It's something like that. Okay, it's, it's good. Something Dionysus. like that. Uh, <laughs> that's just, I'm gonna look it up. You, you talk a second. Okay. Yeah. Um, Keep the plot synopsis going. <laughs> Alrighty. Yeah. Sorry. So, where did you get? We got uh, to the hotel. Yes. Yeah, so which you need the name of. So, uh, ooh, okay. Let's say Dionysus for now. Basically, goes into is it three different subgroups of people who are basically either hiding out because they've been told to get off the roads or they were just hanging out anyway. And one... Algiers. Algiers. Oh, yeah. Dionysus, Algiers, it's all the same. No, the reason I stuck my head is because like, <laughs> there's like that famous movie, The Battle for the Algiers, which oh, is all okay. about the same. It's a bit like class repression and stuff. Like, that's, that's got to be a reference to a French film, right? Uh. No, that's what the hotel was just <laughs> coincidentally called. Yeah. Um, but yes, as you're saying, it, it's set many there where there's three cops that mm. go in. Because, yeah, cause yeah, someone fires off like a fake gun... Mm-hmm. just as a sort of fuck you to the cops and then it just escalates quickly and very badly mm. uh, but that's only the first half of the film because the second half of the film goes on for another hour with the court case that followed and that's my biggest issue with it is that the hotel sequence is most of the movie it's like at least 40 minutes right it's like mm. the middle hour oh almost. yeah yeah and it's harrowing and it's awful and it's disgusting and it's almost unwatchable and you just leave it so angry and just so depressed and irritated. And I just want to punch like a white person or just like kill a white person. And Me too. Then at the end, yeah, that's fair. Um, we're, we're white, we can say that. Yeah. Um, and I was like, okay, it's going to end here on a message of cops are bad mm. and this is awful. But then it keeps going and it shows you the entire court case which followed, which is equally as bad. And mm. there's an equally big like trousy of justice. And it just goes on and on. And I think the biggest issue I had with that is that you don't get anything new from that second half because you're already made as angry as you're going to get during that first half. Mm. And then continuing for a second hour, it just it adds nothing other than to just compound how awful everything was in a way that doesn't feel necessary or fair. And it yeah, the film is too long. I think it's less impactful for that reason because yeah. sort of, you get kind of sensitized to it by the end. Uh, also, I think it's weird that John Boyega is all like all the posters and stuff, even though he's yeah. not really in it a whole lot. He's not yeah. even there. Isn't uh, really a main character. He's not it. Yeah, I actually also uh, read synopsis, um, particularly of his character, which actually was wrong. They were saying oh, really? like they were saying that he was a police. Yeah, he's who, not. Who no. was, and he's not. I mean, he's, he's a he's a guard. Yeah. yeah. Though he gets caught up in the fray, and it's like, well, yeah, but I mean, for different reasons, <laughs> you know. <laughs> 
Yeah, I, I mean, I guess if I was going to defend the second half mm-hmm. of the movie, um, I suppose that I'd argue that it's maybe trying to drive home the point that it's not necessarily about individual corrupt cops. It's about system. Yeah, that's fair, actually. That's very fair. Which I think the first half already implies mm. heavily. And I, I do agree. It's not, I don't think it's as impactful as the first half. But I suppose I still kind of found it more compelling than you did, maybe. Oh, look, I was definitely riveted the whole way through. I, mm-hmm. I, and again, I wanted them to hand out stress balls. Or something, <laughs> yeah. I, was, I was just fuming by the end of it. But, uh, and <laughs> I think you ruined the time there for me, is that one of the cops <laughs> played by Jack Trainer, our old friend, hello, Jack. <laughs> uh, and I had not I had not read this, and then you said it to me, and then told me Tara Brady sold it off you. I know she didn't, yeah. but you... Uh, do, you want, do you want to tell that joke? Well, I will say, because he's the one that killed the kid, mm-hmm. and... Even though they'd already been abusing them and beating them all up anyway, like that's mm. that's the the real main driving force of what like when the shit hits the fan. And I didn't like that character anyway. Yeah, because uh, he just he's irritated. They're all I don't like Will Porter. Will Poulter in this either. They're, well, they're not meant to like them. I suppose. No, but, um, <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> where are the good white protagonists for us to look after? I don't know. Um, but even like it's not like I didn't like them in the fact that like they're bad people. Of course, I didn't like them that way. But even just as performance, I didn't okay. like, like them. I just, well, like, they're good performances, but I just didn't. I don't know, I found them irritating and annoying, but okay. I didn't like I didn't like Jack Rayner to start it anyway because I eventually cop is that Jack Rayner. <laughs> uh, but then, in yeah. hindsight, with the, with the power of hindsight, Sarah ruined the movie for yeah. everybody. Yeah, he, he's Dougal, his father Dougal <laughs> McGuire. <laughs> he's so gormless. He is just yes. like I actually genuinely thought for the first third of the movie because of the way the camera kind of lingered on him and the way he was he was kind of a lot of times just like looking around and mm-hmm. was a bit confused. I actually thought he was going to be the guy who stood up and was would be like, whoa, guys, we've gone too far. I thought he was actually feeling doubts about what was going mm-hmm. on. But actually, I mean, he was just feeling doubts about it. He didn't know, <laughs> he didn't know how many people he was supposed to kill. He was supposed to kill anybody was the point. Yeah. <laughs> Which you get is very Dougal-esque. If, yes. <laughs> if Dougal was a white cop and they're running up black guys and pretending to shoot yeah. them, he would be the one that would accidentally shoot someone. <laughs> So that's kind yeah. of genius casting slash inadvertent performance <laughs> in some ways, but also just terrible. Yeah. <laughs> but it like for me, it kind of made the movie... Don't say in- better. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it made it... I, I kind of felt that was the punchline we were all waiting for. It was okay, like, right. when, when is someone going to go too far and someone's going to die? Yeah. And the fact that it came from a complete misunderstanding, it was almost like the most horrific black comedy moment yeah i, I ever yeah i could ever imagine that makes it more horrifying i think that you're like oh oh my god it's actually happened because now uh, that you're saying it like when he comes back outside to the fall he's like oh, oh i killed the yeah. guy and he goes you weren't supposed to kill him like yeah. that he's going all right dead or something like that. Yeah. it makes it so much worse but it also really it's yeah funny it, yeah and like that's the thing like oh god there's no way you should ever be laughing at this but yeah, well i certainly wasn't at the time so <laughs> No, I don't want to watch it again anyway, so it's, 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 it's fine. Um, oh, yeah. God, I'm I was say. Yeah, one thing I didn't appreciate about the movie was its attempt to not all white people the situation a bit. There's okay. a few points, especially actually, it's immediately after the hotel bit when one of the guys escapes and he runs down the road and a cop finds him. Okay, And yeah. this cop is like, oh, what happened to you? Who did this? This is yeah. terrible. Like, 
That wasn't necessary. You don't need that. We yeah, don't need that. You're, agreed. This is, a, this is a completely undermining the message. I, I basically hate when people make this argument, but I kind of thought, is this his fever dream as he is dying? <laughs> that would have like... better. Uh, well, that still would have been good, actually. That's no, white that would, no, it would have been horrific. Internalized white savior system. It would sort of have made more sense yeah, here. That was awful. But even like Will Poulter, because like one of the first scenes you see him in, they're going in the streets and they're talking about the riots, and he's saying, "Oh, we failed these people," blah blah blah, and then he immediately goes and shoots him in the yeah. back. So I was like, yeah. "That's inconsistent characterization." But yeah, all right. But I, I don't know. I assume in, the, in that instance, that was supposed to demonstrate how hypocritical he is. I guess it is a, again it felt unnecessary though. Like you yeah, don't have okay. to kind of go. Yeah, fair enough. We don't have to. Yeah, they're bad. Pretend people. they're exactly. good in any way. Yeah. Um, Mm. Yeah, no, it was it was good though. Uh, again, it's nothing I'd ever want to watch again, mm. and it's just harrowing. But it's effective, and it'll probably I don't know. Will it clean up the Oscars? Like it'll probably get some nominations for sure. Yeah, I, I'd say it probably will. Because um, she did a good job I, of kind of showing the sweep and the scope of the ride. I think. Yeah, as well. and, I actually yeah. feel like Will Poulter might get supporting actor. Yeah, because not... he played such a horrible, vile yeah, person. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, I don't just know. Jack Green doesn't get nominated. Yeah, actually, yeah. I, I, <laughs> no, rooting for you. No, I do. Mm. I do think that it could get something for cinematography. I actually thought mm. that the camera work was really good. Yeah, no, it was. And I think it was one of those times where shaky cam was actually incredibly justified. Um, mm. So yeah, it I, just I well wish... like war kind of scenarios like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I was thinking as well. A lot of the scenes, if you actually had a static long shot, it wouldn't work. Like, I don't think you could have the same sense of Urgency. fear and claustrophobia yeah, yeah, yeah. and everything. I agree, but I think it would work in a different way. It would like funny games. Have you seen funny games? No, I keep needing to watch it, actually. I mean, again, it's not a fun watch. Like, <laughs> a long, single take, entirely okay. side shot of after the guy kills her son. And it's just her, like, crying over the body for, like, like literally nine straight minutes. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's awful and horrifying. And that's just, like, a okay. lockdown camera shot, mm-hmm. single take. So it can work that way, but I agree, like, for what that movie was going for, yeah. that wouldn't have the same, like, immediacy, so yeah. the handheld definitely worked. I think as well it actually fitted in quite well thematically, because the opening... Um, yeah, the weird, like, cartoony we, depiction yeah. thing. Where it's, it's basically, like, outlining the fact that African-Americans have never been allowed to sit still. They've yes. always been on the move. I kind of felt like, this That's, is the camera reflecting yeah, that. actually. So, yeah. you know, <laughs> I, like, I like to think there's a unity to it there. <laughs> Look at you showing how much film studies you did. Ah, uh-huh, <laughs> um, Yeah, so that, that's 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 Detroit. Hmm. Uh, so from one not all white people movie to another not all white people movie, Wind River. Yeah. It's not really not all white people movie. It's actually better than that no. in most ways. <laughs> so this is from the guy that wrote Sicario. This is directorial. Oh God, word. Directorial debut, I think. Because um, he also wrote. I didn't see it. Hell or High Water. Mm. Is that one? No, very no, not. Apparently, it's very good. Okay. Uh, so it's kind of the concluding part of his, as people are loosely calling his frontier trilogy. So sorry mm. about that. Okay. Uh, and it definitely seems like he picked up some stuff from. I forget who directed Hell in High Water, but that guy and Villeneuve, um, Sicario. There's some very Sicario, Sicario-y shots in this. Okay. Of like kind of creepy landscapes and mm. this weird score on it. So he's definitely kind of gone. This works for those films. Do this. Uh, story is Jeremy Renner, who I think you hate. I... Yeah, that's a yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry Renner is a kind of locally sanctioned hunter. Yeah. Of big beasts. Yeah. Uh, in a Native American reserve. 
Uh, he's hunting a like a tiger or something. I think he says lion. Lion, yes, yeah, actually, uh, <laughs> lion, and he finds the dead body of like his daughter, oh, his ex-daughter, his <laughs> daughter's best friend, and then it's sort of this whole investigation. Then Elizabeth Olsen shows up. And uh, she's the FBI, and it's uh look, it's Hawkeye and Scarlet mm, Witch again. Yeah. <laughs> Finally, <laughs> <laughs> together again. Uh, so there's something down the murder, and it's just like Sicario. It's kind of very both very open air, both kind of claustrophobic, mm. paranoia y kind of blasted landscape investigation, like corruption and mainly misogyny. And uh, if Sicario was about how America is bad and fucked over Mexico with the war on drugs. <laughs> this is about how America is bad, fucked over Americans by taking their land. And then also how capitalism destroys everybody. Mm. Uh, so yeah, if you like Sicario, it's along those lines. I did enjoy this, not as much as Sicario, because Sicario had a really weird tone to it that felt like a horror movie. This one had a very bleak, sort of nihilistic thing going on, but it didn't have the same, I don't know, immediacy of Sicario it just felt more languid and not languid more what's her looking for maybe languid hmm. my dictionary isn't working <laughs> um, languid sounds good yeah go languid uh, pacing where it's just, sort of, it's just sort of reveling in the misery and mm. the sadness of all this uh, I've seen people complain about it and I kind of half agree that Renner is sort of a white savior character mm. um, but he's also not well he is but he's, he's also very much whiteness as death because he's dressed entirely in white the whole time and he just exists to kill. So he's not mm. really meant to be something you look up to. Or he sort mm. of has like redemptive violence incarnate. Mm-hmm. And isn't... He's, he's not part of that community. Like he was... His ex-wife is Native American. And so his daughter's son, yes. child... Yes. Uh, is also yes. like mixed race. Um, <laughs> but he's very much excluded from the whole community. Like he, he knows their ways. And he's kind of accepted when he needs to be there. But he's not mm. really part of it. So I don't know if he's white savior or just... He's more like getting exterminated than just hire to deal with mm-hmm. any bad situation they mm-hmm. find. Um, yeah, no, I, I think I, it, people are saying it's the best film of the year. It's not that. No. But no. I did quite <laughs> enjoy it. It it looks gorgeous. Like, I think snow always looks good. Mm. A, bit, a bit of blood on snow is always very stark and dramatic. Mm-hmm. Uh, it does make a nice companion piece of Sicario where, like, that's desert, this is snow. And, um, yeah, I think it's... Because it's getting a wide enough release and it does have a fairly brave bleak-ish message for a mainstream American audience is just capitalism especially resource mm-hmm. hoarding or gathering on Native American land or anywhere really because actually isn't that whole thing in Alaska happening about the remember the water supplies and the oil and the, oh yeah what was it called that movement anyway like, so it feels kind of timely with that mm-hmm. and um, yeah, cause the whole message of the movie is basically capitalism will drain everyone's lives even even regular old white folks hardworking white folks <laughs> and they will become raping monsters mm. when they're just left to have worthless lives that capitalism has sucked the life out of they mm. will just rape and kill so it's a, it's a, not a good, fun message but a necessary one um i've talked enough sarah <laughs> yeah um i'm yeah i'm quite interested to hear your reading of renner's character because mm. i think i came my came to my own conclusion yeah. um that he what annoyed me is that he's kind of redundant as a character you could have cut his story from the movie you could have had the other father the native american father be the avenging yeah guy who has his own storyline um <laughs> you know like you literally yes. did not need the backstory about that other daughter who died because we have a daughter who's dead in this movie yep so <laughs> 
I mean, I guess it's well we needed a white car- a white actor to get this movie off the ground, so that's that's what happened. But yeah, no, it, like I mean, it did annoy me that beyond that, you could have even had. I, I kind of felt like you could have had a Native American actor as Renner. Um, kind of actually nearly came to the different conclusion to you. Everything he does, he, he's got a, you know, his wife is from the community. He works for the community. He knows the land really well. It's like he could actually be from the, he could be a Native American from that tribe. <laughs> yeah, I think the whole, the whole point of that is because he does the whole tracking thing. Like it's all, it's all like their mm-hmm. cultural skills he has. I think that the point is that he wants to be part of that because like he has, because I think, I forget when they show his house, like is it intentionally somewhere weird and isolated? Like, mm-hmm. he has nothing, really, apart from killing. Yeah, um, yeah, I mean, that's true. I guess the other thing is that that is quite America has done in literature and film yes. forever. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, you thought Dances with Wolves, Last of the Mohicans. Like, mm-hmm. it's all basically, like, white guys really wanting to be Native American. <laughs> and well, that's everything, like, because <laughs> yeah. uh, if anyone's ever done some Dan Negra studies, like, it's always oh, just yeah. how every white movie, every character movie is always like, there's, there is no inherent white culture. Yeah, yeah. So it's always just white people trying to either take over or become part of any other kind of ethnic yeah. culture. Um, I think the reason I'd be slightly against him putting a Native American character in his role is because then you're stuck with the whole thing of, oh, they're savages. And that's when the reading becomes like, oh, they're just violent hunter killers and it's regressive. Whereas having like the father be this kind of peaceful, upset man, it's just like that feels more naturalistic. But also, then he's ineffectual. So I'm like, mm. there's no real win-win here. Yeah, I, don't know what to do about it, I agree. I mean, I thought one thing that I really didn't like about Renner's character was mm-hmm. he went around giving advice to everyone, giving, like being yeah. the wise, yeah, that old. Was you know, if it was a Native American character doing that, I would be equally as annoyed because they'd be like, yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. So I mean, basically, <laughs> basically, maybe just don't have a pointless wise character who does not grow or change any so way throughout the story. <laughs> everyone in the movie should be an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> you got me there. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I know. I, I get your points. And yeah. I kind of agree with them and also don't know how you fix it. So. Yeah, no, that, like that's uh, kind of it. Like, I suppose some, some stories, some narratives, it's like, well, if you decide to go with that, you have to go with the baggage. Yeah, I was also uh, of two minds about the way they, when they eventually catch up with the killer, and I actually quite like the way they did that, whereby she knocks on the door and then it opens the door and then it shows the entire flashback. Oh, happens. yeah. That was kind of clear bit editing, but I was annoyed they showed it because I felt like that was closure that the characters wouldn't get in the story and only True. we were getting. And it only yes. existed there to give, like, the violence that would come later a sense of yes. earnedness. Like, You're, yeah. Like, when he tortured that guy on the mountainside, I think if that previously hadn't been there, you'd be like, oh, he's, Agreed. that's a bit much. Yeah. So it's just there for, like, cathartic violence reasons. Like, yeah, yeah. Okay. and actually, the, yeah, I think you're entirely right, and that leads to my real annoyance with the coda, which was saying that basically there are oh, yeah. oh, po- potentially hundreds of missing Native American women and girls. Mm-hmm. Their existence is not noted yeah. anywhere. I was thinking, well, that's a kick in the teeth because you've just showed a story where we've had narrative closure. Yeah, like, really neat closure. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, also... <laughs> Honestly, if you actually care about these women and girls, why don't you give them the revenge story? Like, why do you give it to the dad of, you know, mm. like, why does it always have to be the men going around killing people? It's, it's about time we change it, <laughs> basically. Women can't kill unless they're being sexy, that's why. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> so I get your, your Lucy's or your Atomic Blondes or your Red Sparrows. Yeah. 
But yeah. It's an attractive blonde woman with gun. <laughs> That's all you're allowed to have. Uh, I would actually totally watch a rape revenge movie about a Native American chick. I, That'd be amazing. Yeah, that sounds I'd, like really grindhousey and cool. Yeah, I would, I, I would really rather watch it than like a lot of the movies that than a lot of the revenge the movies that are made. Sad dads with guns. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I still think it's really, I still really like the things really good, but yeah, no, I think there is definitely, as you're saying, redundancies in it overall, and it's yeah. Hmm. Uh, I I still like that it had this very massively anti-capitalist message, though that hmm. was cool. But yeah, and, uh, and yes, so on the whole, <laughs> decent, but definitely compromised and problematic. Um, ah, okay, right, next up. Speaking of problematic, uh, <laughs> Kingsman, The Golden Circle, which you have not seen yet because no. it isn't out yet. I was at, actually, I want to talk about this. I was at the premiere last night and uh, I had it in the Odeon down in Smithfield, down the point. And they had like a free party, which is the weirdest thing I've ever been to. Because like, if you go into the Odeon, you go up like one escalator and then there's a big kind of floor area. So it's a party there. And then the next escalator has like a little kind of balcony bit. So there's a guy on the balcony in the DJ booth in a suit with a microphone headset just booming out every every single song he was just booming out song choices and making the audience decide like it was wow. thunderdome but for song <laughs> selections and it was the weirdest thing i've ever seen in my life it was great but it was so bizarre <laughs> anyway so the movie itself uh cars on the table i fucking love the first kingsman yes it's bad <laughs> but see, here's the thing let's actually talk about this quickly first of all because you didn't like kingsman one most people didn't that i know because <laughs> most people that i know i don't know yeah i'm bad and wrong <laughs> I fully admit that it's full of problems and is awful in terms of like its representation of women and everyone that isn't just a white person. Mm. <laughs> um, but I feel like a lot of that, it's sort of the problem of when you're satirizing something, you become the thing you're satirizing in mm. that like the whole point of that first movie is it's taking a Roger Moore era Bond script and then showing you what all the creepy, awful stuff that's implied in those movies would be like, like the violence. He killed so many people. Mm. It's Roger Moore too, but it's so much more violent here. That joke at the end, which is just one of the, the least well-judged yeah. <laughs> things I've ever seen in my life. Like, I get what the joke they were going for. It's like, it's always weird sex puns and bomb movies here. It's just like, no, let's just show them anal sex. Okay, that's <laughs> gross and weird. Uh, so I, I feel like Vaughn isn't a bad person. Well, Vaughn and Goldman, sorry, there's two of them involved in this. Neither of them are bad people. And just the joke they're making, I feel like they went too far with it. And then it just became the joke they were trying to make so it, it is as offensive as what they were trying to mm. kind of make fun of second one's as bad except worse in some ways <laughs> because okay so full spoilers in this one if anyone wants to skip ahead like 10 minutes or whatever fine go ahead so the last one ends with the infamous butt joke mm. which i knew going in he has to address because i know he was pissed okay. off about that getting so much backlash there's one callback to it uh, in terms of dialogue which is sort of a cutesy whatever fine but there's the extremity. There's a bit where, for reasons that are never adequately explained, they have to get a tracker into this woman. And the <laughs> only way they can do it is he has, like, it's like a finger condom, <laughs> which has a tiny little tracking device in it, which requires three seconds of contact and it'll launch. But it can only be accepted into the body via mucus gland. <laughs> so he has to finger a woman. And uh. the way they show it, like, it, it, have you seen Enter the Void? Oh no! So okay, so he's making out with her, and then like his hand oh. goes down, her, but then like it's really it's super close up, so it's all CGI, like it's an entirely okay. CGI, like giant screen filling hand as it goes down to her pants, and then it cuts inside her as the music heroically swells as he releases Jeez. the striking device inside the woman's <laughs> vagina. 
Wow. It's like I was <laughs> howling with laughter at the sheer audacity <laughs> of it. Like it's vile and unnecessary and just fuck you, Matthew. I don't, okay, let's be fair. I'm not sure who wrote that bit, Vaughn or Goldman, but either way, fuck either of you. But like I want to applaud it too because like what the hell mm. were they thinking? Wow. Other than that, uh, it's, if you like the first one, it's more of the same. It's not as surprising as the first one because it can't be. Uh, there's nothing like the church scene in terms of like okay. out of nowhere crazy ballzo, not so crazy violence. Um, there's some really shoddy world building in it. Uh, it's way too long. It's almost two and a half hours long. Okay. It's necessary. <laughs> and also because the first film had like the first half being all training montages, which mm-hmm. meant that that was that carried half the plot weight so then the second half was just the story like it felt quite well paced and kind of fast and stuff this one takes forever because they have two and a half hours to film yeah and like, oh. so yeah it, it feels this length still funny uh elton john is in a surprising amount of it okay and i just have to say a sentence out loud it, it ends and not ends but the big climactic fight is oscar winner colin firth mm, fighting a robot dog hmm? back from the dead oh yeah okay <laughs> uh, a long Section of the film explains that okay. and then goes through rebuilding his character and stuff. But uh, he's still very good in it. Uh, so yeah, Oscar award-winning Colin Firth fighting a robot dog in a bowling alley <laughs> in the middle of some Cambodian ruins, nearing death, only to be saved by Elton John as Elton John, oh, okay. putting his face like to the camera as Rocket Man plays, and he just smiles at the camera for a quantum amount of time, and that saves the day. Oh, There's okay. more context to that in the movie, but that's all you need to know, and that's incredible. <laughs> Uh, the cast on the whole it's a bit Dunkirky in that there's too many of them and they'll get nothing to do mm, so Chine okay. Tatum's in maybe like five minutes of this movie oh okay Jeff Bridges two scenes Halle Berry fair bit of screen time does nothing Julianne Moore's very good she's a lot of fun um, Elton John gets more screen time than most <laughs> of the supporting cast for some reason I still think Taron Egerton is really good because mm. uh, I've seen him in like, interviews and he's this really kind of quiet little posh Welsh boy Okay, but he does the scouse thing really well and he also does the posh thing really well yeah. and just, I think Eggsy is inherently quite likable <laughs> which I feel you're going to disagree with me on that one. Oh no no I, uh, sorry just laughing at the Eggsy, name Eggsy yes. <laughs> or Eggy is also so uh, I, I, I will say I appreciate the fact that they kept around the love interest in the last one so uh, she's okay. back and she's in the entire movie and it's all about how they're actually that's, a proper couple and stuff that's oddly like not I'm not gonna say progressive, but that's oddly like positive. Yeah, exactly. Sex positive or something. I don't but know. But <laughs> even that feels like a joke because it's just kind of going. This has never happened in a Bond yeah. film. Yeah, that feels like <laughs> that's a whole joke of that. Even though again they do it quite well, and before he has to finger bang the woman to mm. put the device inside, her, like he rings her to go, "Look, I gotta have sex with <laughs> someone for the mission. Is that okay?" And then they have a big tiff, whatever. But uh. Uh, yeah, so it's it, it's sort of making baby steps towards being not horrendous mm. gender wise. But then there's the aforementioned yeah. bit. And mm. also the one character that like survived the last of them, Roxy, very early on killed off. I don't know where. Okay. And that pissed me off massively. Because again, like, she was the one that technically succeeded the last movie. Like he didn't. Yeah. He and he didn't. Oh, wait a minute. That is that is quite bad, actually. Yeah, like right at the start, she just killed off like oh. instantly. She has like two minutes screen time and she's dead. That's, that's okay. awful. That's terrible. Uh, there is once again a <laughs> inadvertent bit of Trump in that the main villain isn't even Julianne Moore, it's kind of the US president. Okay. Who's played by, it's not Sam Neill, who played Kirk's dad in the reboot Star Trek. Not Kirk's dad, um, the captain that Kirk is over from. Uh, okay, I, yeah. You know the guy's face, know. I mean. Um, <laughs> ah, he's not the things. Okay, anyway, yeah, no, him. I know his face, all right. But, um, yeah, so he's been playing a weird, trumpy character, which again, it's weird because this would have been written like two yeah. years ago, shot last year. Uh, 
but the main plot, like the last one, is also a villain scheme, which I'm kind of behind, because in the last one is obviously about him trying to fix global warming by mm-hmm. killing people. Her plan is trying to legalize all drugs by killing people. Okay. Uh, so it's like, these <laughs> movies, I don't know what they're trying to do. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, the action is still great because Vaughn directs good action. Uh, if you hated the first one, you're not going to be in any way helped by this mm. one. You'll hate this one even more. Okay. But if you want to see just what sheer audacity looks like on screen when not mm. held back by any kind of production notes, Vaughn has gone too far. Five stars. <laughs> <laughs> and what's the, um, you're saying there's shoddy world building, is it, is it sort of John Wick-like or what's... I think John Wick was better than that. Uh, no, it's more that, because uh, I hadn't thought of this, I saw my, my good friend Steve Allen and he pointed out to me afterwards that, because um, it's about Kingsman obviously gets destroyed by Poppy at the start of it and then... They go to Statesman, which is the American version, oh, but they didn't okay. know the other one existed until oh, they find her now. Which, is like, how would they yeah. not? <laughs> but on top of that, there's no way they couldn't because Statesman knew about the thing that happened in the first movie, even okay. though it's already addressed. So they knew it happened definitely. So what did they think happened? Who did they think stopped mm. the the guy that? Also, it's also never addressed the fact that every world leader died in the last movie. Oh right, when their heads yeah. exploded. That's just never even brought up. <laughs> Along with presumably oh, well. thousands of people in that like global yeah. fist fight that happened. So yeah, like, it's just weird lapses and not explaining. Okay. Yeah, they spend 40 minutes on Colin Firth and <laughs> bring up this weird, crazy magic head gel that cures your brain after a gunshot okay. wound to the face. So yeah, there's... Hmm. Maybe yeah, they that's... all got that. <laughs> just worldwide. Yeah, maybe. That's, yes. Fix your head. Well, no, their head's full on exploded. He yeah. just got shot in the face a bit. Ah, yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> But yeah, it's still a better Bond <laughs> film inspector. Has a better car chase inspector. Uh, better inspector. Mm. But yes, so I think that, that's enough of me ranting on about Kingsman. Um, finally, and I'm expecting mm. a good trademarked Philomar than spectacular Sarah Cullen rant in this one. <laughs> Mother, oh, the new Darren Aronofsky film. Now, let's, let's get some ground rules out. What are your feelings on Darren generally? Yeah, not overly positive. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, I... Highs and lows. I actually haven't seen Black Swan. But, oh, really? Yeah, okay. I have seen, obviously, we... Actually, yeah, we saw... Um, uh, Reckon for Dream. Reckon for Dream, oh, yes. Oh, yes. yes. yeah. That was so, like my um, second time seeing it, yeah. Okay. Um, harrowing. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, like, as much as I think that is harrowing, I kind of feel like people over blow how harrowing it is really I mean, it's, it's very bad God, okay <laughs> someone's well, I mean, jaded maybe it's, maybe it's long maybe it's just i haven't seen it so long i don't remember how uh, terrible it was oh, no, sorry not how terrible <laughs> no, but no, it's no, in true, how yeah. yes um Though i do feel like watching it now would be hard because i'd have less sympathy for Jeremy, though, generally <laughs> yeah but yeah i saw noah um over christmas and it just sort of struck me how woman hating that movie was I mean, I know it's it's fairly humanity-hating, but it's just, you know, at one point they just have a woman trampled to death and another woman, like, has her children almost murdered in front of her. So I, I can see where he got the idea of Mother from. <laughs> well, actually, let me just bring that up because I think but Mother and Noah, actually, a lot of Ian The Fountain too, like a lot of his films, he's very obsessed with Judeo-Christian myth and yeah. how it also relates to modern living and stuff like that. But do you think... The misogyny in Noah and obviously Mother. Mm. This is why I kind of want to get it past. It's not him indulging in misogyny for like its own titillation's sake. I feel like it is him kind of going, look, the Bible is fucked. And the Bible has this horrible depiction of women. And because Christian teachings inform so much of modern society, it's just showing like the, the heart of misogyny at all of 
civilization's kind of core. And like, that's why I'm like, I can't really give it a pass because I, I know it's horrible, but I don't think he's trying to say, whoa, it's not like Tarantino is. It's not like, whoa, look at this. It is very much, this is bad. I don't know. I, I don't know my Bible that well, <laughs> but I don't know that those particular sort of misogyny moments are in it. Mm. Um, and I kind of feel like, like it's nearly him using Bible stories as justification to wallow in okay. a bit of misogyny. No, that's fair. All right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because, I mean, he, I mean, like, there's so many ways you can demonstrate how horrible humanity is to humanity without mm. weird woman-hating moments. I think the fact that he, like, adds these things in is just weird to me. Yeah, yeah okay. and he also he also like leaves out Noah's sons raping him for some reason. Like, why why didn't he do that? That happened. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I don't know. I guess that's just a step too far. I don't know. I'm not sure. I wouldn't find it believable that anyone could rape Russell Crowe, though. <laughs> <laughs> that's a casting oh, problem. <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe they tried and it just, <laughs> he just like, killed them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, that's fair. I didn't actually like Noah very much. I just thought it was yeah. like. I'm amazed he got it made. Yeah. I'm glad he did because it's, it's mental and yeah. it made money somehow. <laughs> it's this crazy giant like trip of a yeah. Bible epic. And actually, I mean, it's the crazy boring, giants in it were... The rock monsters. Yeah, they're great. Yeah. Like, I mean, I'm not sure that they really succeeded, but no. they were still really just very interesting. <laughs> yeah, the idea of like angels being pure light, which yeah. would then crash the earth and like have rock melt around. Like, that's kind yeah. of clever. Yeah, I like that. Mm-hmm. Hopkins is there as Methuselah. Yeah. <laughs> not like in that yeah. uh, It's probably my least favorite Aronofsky, though. Like, I, mm. I like... Um, I wouldn't say I like Reckon for a Dream, but it's effective. Mm-hmm. The Fountain I quite like. Um, and even Pi is quite good. The Wrestler, eh, whatever, it's fine. It's good. It's well made. Black Swan, I think, is really good, but it's very... I thought you'd seen that, okay. Um, mm. It's very obvious, because it's all about duality, so like, every shot yeah. has a mirror in it. I, I, uh, I, have, I can't even think of the name of the the anime it's based on which i have oh, seen oh blue yeah oh yes perfect blue or something perfect blue yes yeah. um Actually and i that, yeah. did like that i don't know whether that was why i didn't or mm. there was no reason behind not seeing it but i just did not see it yeah fair. but uh, anyway so mother mm-hmm. um the trailers gave away very little about this and yeah. i like that um again i suppose like he's been full spoilers have to yeah we talk about them <laughs> The basic setup is that Jennifer Lawrence is a young woman living in a big old house with a very old man, played mm. Javier Bardem, and <laughs> she's kind of single-handedly trying to fix it up because he has writer's block and he's some like kind of famous old poet. Uh, and then Ed Harris shows up, and then Michelle Pfeiffer shows up, and then some Gleason show up. <laughs> and more and more people keep showing up, and no one can understand, or she can't understand why they won't leave, why Javier Bardem's letting them come in, and it, it's she's kind of the one sane-ish character mm. as it escalates and escalates um it's all very arch and very clearly symbolic of something uh spoiler it's just <laughs> a retelling of the creation myth up as far as jesus roughly but via this single house and i i, I did like all that stuff because i thought once it clicks the symbolism is kind of funny mm. like the bit when they just keep seeing on the sink the cracks and then floods the yeah, house. Yeah, and everyone's yeah. like, "Oh, that's that's the great flood. <laughs> they broke the plumbing. Like that's kind of funny." Um, but by the end, it is just it's some again quite ostentatious, quite ballsy, incredible imagery that like when they're passing the child around, and it's just like the noise and the neck breaking, and they're all mm. eating it. And like again, I get it; it's body Christ, whatever. But like seeing it depicted is quite horrible. And the bit when they're beating her up is just mm. the, one of the worst things I've ever seen. Um, 
Yeah, I, I loved it. Like, I really loved it. <laughs> it's more because I didn't intentionally knew nothing about going in, bar the basic plot set up. Mm-hmm. And seeing it with a full packed, like, cinema lines on Saturday evening of them all just clearly not getting it, nothing <laughs> with it. And I just really enjoyed it. Like, visually, it was incredible. And it was so intense. Like, the sense of claustrophobia and just. Mm-hmm anxiety that was just like kind of creeping up on me just from watching because the bit when she's going around the house the second time and it's full of people and she's like pregnant and the baby's coming and she's just screaming mm. and it's just horrible like it's so mm. awful to sit through and yet that's very visceral cinema making cinema uh, mm. filmmaking so i kind of loved it but i'm dying to hear you just <laughs> shit all oh, over it so <laughs> go forth god i feel like uh, all this Pressure's responsibility <laughs> yes. now um yeah, no, I mean, I actually, I'll say I probably didn't hate it as much as I, I, I anticipated hating it. I mean, it was I funny saw last week you saying to me, actually, like, I haven't seen Mother, I bet I'm going to absolutely hate it. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, the other thing is I only saw it four hours ago, so Jesus, I have not yeah. Yeah, slept on it, so we'll, we'll see. I think, yeah, I said to you, actually, or I said earlier that um, it basically when sort of the house starts going completely insane um it kind of like goes through to like a war zone Mm -hmm. i kind of realized like oh i've actually kind of seen this already there's a one of my favorite plays actually is um it's called blasted it's written by um uh, sarah kane it's written in 1995 i think and um it's about a woman who when she, she she's sort of Slight, like slightly simple maybe like yeah. um she is raped by um uh, someone who's supposedly she thought was like a friend yeah a journalist who is essentially like grooming her mm. he brings her to a hotel room and rapes her and then i think yeah the second scene then is um there's been an explosion in the hotel room and suddenly we're sort of s- somewhere in eastern europe where like there's a civil war going on and then Ian, who is a journalist, meets this soldier who in turn rapes him and things keep going more chaotic. And One of actually... our favourite plays, everybody. Yes. <laughs> oh, it's, it's, yeah, makes me smile. <laughs> um, and yeah, I mean, it goes similarly quite chaotic. Mm. Um, I'm fairly sure it ends in um, a baby dying and being eaten as well. So Yes, I read, I read the synopsis that you said to me earlier on. Yeah. It sounds... Harrowing. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, like it really is. And I think because, I mean, I feel like that is what Aronofsky was not necessarily, I don't know that he read it or that he was mm. trying to approximate it, but I guess because I can kind of understand what aesthetic he was going for, I can kind of appreciate it a bit. But I also feel like that Sarah Kane's play is so much about the interior world of. Kate, I think, is the main character. And that's just completely missing in uh, Mother. I mean, I, I guess the, the biggest insult of of Mother to me would be the fact that Aronofsky seems to think that women literally have nothing to do outside of their husbands. I, like, I can understand that from an outsider's point of view, you could go like, oh, well, that woman, she's a martyr to her husband. Mm. You know, God love her. But like the thing is that in her mind, she's thinking of other things. She actually is doing other things that not maybe her husband doesn't see. I think the, to have a story focused on a woman and acting as though, I mean, because of how the film is supposed to be all about archetypes, yeah. Um, 
like implying that wo- that woman does nothing but serve man is pretty insulting in 2017. Have a like that. Yeah, no, that's, that's, a, that's a fair, very fundamental breaking of the movie you've just drawn in. Yes. So, it's yeah. It's not though, because it's, it's not even that it's just in service of man, it's that she has nothing but a desire to create. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which I guess in a very broad poetic sense is kind of nice, but in the particular just breeding sense is kind of Yeah, ick. yeah. Uh, I mean, I, w- I, w- I was glad the way the film went considering that earlier on, like at the very beginning when she puts her hand on the wall of the house and mm. it's just like beating heart or fetal heartbeat or so, you know, I'm not even sure it was just supposed to be Yeah, I wasn't something. clear what that was. I, I think that, because the thing is, it, it's, it's clearly symbolic of something, but it feels yeah. like it's two or three different things simultaneously because it, it's very much the creation myth via mm. the Bible, but also there's kind of like a Gaia theory thing going on. Like okay. the house or her is like Mother Earth Gaia. So I think that's meant to be the Earth's, that's like the, okay. the Gaia spirits kind of that's what the heartbeat is because it's the more damage that gets done to the house and the more people come mm-hmm. into it the more it shrivels up so I guess that's more just like people environmental damage and stuff okay um, that, that was my reading of it anyway but oh, again yeah, it's, yeah. it's unclear and it's vague and it's weird um, uh, but yeah, I, also, I also felt it was like it was way too on the nose as well like mm-hmm. it was just like yeah we get it the house is is alive in some way. So, I mean, I, w- I kind of was like, oh, shite, is this movie just going to, like, go <laughs> to the house's heart every 10 minutes or whatever? So I was glad that it at least went beyond that. Yeah, happens, like, three <laughs> times tops. Yeah. But, uh, um, what did you think the weird liquid was you were drinking? I thought it, w- well, I thought it was a painkiller because Michelle Pfeiffer says to her, do you have any painkillers? And she says, no. And then Michelle Pfeiffer says, you're lying, aren't you? So well, I you know, s- it's a painkiller, but like, what do you think that like symbolized? Oh, okay. I have no idea. Well, I don't know. I thought it was just painkiller. <laughs> I didn't think beyond it, to be honest. But like, it's all like weird and glowy and like, it makes yeah. like a bing noise and she puts it in and like she dumps when she gets pregnant. So you don't... Yeah. Fertility liquid? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> actually... stops headaches. But I mean, the other thing as well, actually, that I wasn't unsure about was, um, wasn't she pregnant all along? Or were we just supposed to think she was? Because she wouldn't drink, like she wouldn't drink... When Ed Harris offered her his whiskey or whatever he had. Mm. And like, yeah, you know, when, when basically Javier Bardem was, we would like children and she was ambivalent. I thought it was like, she knew she was already pregnant. And so that's why she didn't want to say anything. I didn't think she was pregnant. Um, I think I did when I saw the whiskey thing too. But then I okay. didn't think it once he was like, we want kids, looks at her. Because mm-hmm. uh, I thought she just didn't want kids. But then I don't know if she did want kids. Mm-hmm. And just he wouldn't give them. I don't know what it was. But um, mm. I thought everyone was very good in it though. Bardem felt like he was playing Silva kind of again. Yeah. Jennifer Lawrence was better than she's been. In, like I, I like her, but she's mm-hmm. better than in most things. Michelle Pfeiffer was wonderful. She was just a nightmare. <laughs> like I wanted yeah. her character dead so hard. Like, just, please <laughs> get this infuriating woman out of this house she's awful that, that she's very good um mm. she kind of like a rick from rick and morty for some reason okay like in lady form <laughs> um it's chris nunwig as well there was a chris nunwig wasn't it oh, she, oh yeah she was a publicist yeah it? yeah, yeah. Um, i didn't i didn't know what she was but so uh, supposed to represent judas <laughs> i assume she was more just like the christian movement or like the pope or something okay because she's like the head of his brigade of followers mm-hmm. and then, yeah yeah. Uh, also, did you notice there was no score? Because I didn't until oh, afterwards. No, I didn't. Because they actually wrote well. a score yeah. for it. The guy <gasps> did like Sky score and all. Yeah, sorry. But they didn't use it in the end because they saw uh, the singing okay. around. Oh, we'll Al- it. Although, what annoyed me so much was yes. the scene when they were when 
Jennifer Lawrence has given birth and then they're like arguing like who should own the baby basically. Mm. There was a clock ticking and then it was a clock tick and then like a ding like a bell just kept going regularly throughout the whole yeah. scene and it was really quiet at first and I, I was like I is that in the scene or is that someone's phone because I'm <laughs> like I'm going to hit someone <laughs> and then finally at the end of the scene it sort of becomes louder and swells so then it's like, okay it's but I don't understand what it was I don't know that. well I don't understand was it supposed to be something within the th- in the scene yeah. was it a clock in the room or whether it was just a really weird sound addition well there was a lot of weird sound stuff because yeah um, Every time she had one of her weird episodes, the sound design got very glassy and kind of mm. pingy and stuff. So maybe mm-hmm. it was an extension of that. I don't know. I don't yeah. remember noticing that bell though. But yeah, okay. I think it was a bell, or it was like it was yeah. definitely like a ding. So uh, just annoyed me. But you know, stopped eventually, and then everyone started killing each other. So that yeah. was fine. <laughs> uh, I'm still a little like I guess it kind of probably came because Noah made quite good money at the box office somehow because mm. this cost thirty million to make. Yeah. And it's not going to make that back because everyone already oh, hates it. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah, uh, not at all. Like, yeah. how did he convince anyone to make this? I don't know. How did it cost that much? Just the stars and stuff? I guess there's a lot of CGI in it, isn't there? Like, yeah, the I guess so. Oh, that's true, actually, yeah. That set looked very expensive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, what was that, that bit with the toilet and, like, the weird... Yeah, what oh, was that? I don't know that was it. Like, Just, like, there's... a chicken or something. I don't know what it was. <laughs> I thought yeah. that I thought it, well I did think it was going to go in the direction of like the house being like literally a meat house <laughs> or something you know just like taking on flesh um, sure like at that point anything yeah. would make sense although um, or maybe it's just there's a passage of Genesis about uh, like maybe it's like a tiny reference to something that you'd have to read the whole bible to know about but that'd be too specific though because like, everything else is so arch yeah like, yeah I, well, I suppose... it's an easter egg I don't know yeah, <laughs> uh, chicken um <laughs> Also Easter, because it's religious. That's a mm. very true. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I suppose we should mention that the, the Gleasons are there. I didn't, yeah. I knew Donald was in it. I didn't know Breen was. Mm. Uh, they're they're basically Cain and Abel. Mm. Um, yeah. And yeah, so poor old Breen Gleason, even when he's in a movie, don't know what's him. Mm. <laughs> you think he used his cast because it was Donald's brother? Went, oh. I guess, yeah, I, I would say that was probably part of it. They don't even look alike. <laughs> no, no. And neither of them feel like Ed Harris and Michelle Pfeiffer's child. No. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think that kind of petered out as a decision. Um, <laughs> I think I have more to say about it, but I can't think. Um, it, like, <sighs> We've said all there is to say about this movie. I think you're entirely right. And I fully, now that you said it out loud, I appreciate your point. And again, part of me wants to give it not a pass, but like a sort of a, something wavering towards a pass because it's not meant to be literal and she's not really a woman. She's just a sort of cipher for this yeah. analogy. But that's mm. not fair, and that's not... No, he doesn't deserve that, so I think you're right. Mm. Uh, but, yeah, it, 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 like nothing else this year has come out that's anything like this. And yeah, just, I it, guess not. Yeah. As a piece of this yeah. balls out weird filmmaking, like, you know what, do it again. Do it five <laughs> more times, I'll watch it every time. But, yeah. yeah, I think you're right that there is this weird undercurrent of... Not even, like, active misogyny, like this weird disinterested misogyny. Yeah, I, well, I mean, there is couple of pretty weird moments mm. like that non-consensual moment as in that when he weird. takes her yeah. like honestly con- I hated that. yeah i mean that was really bad like uh, to be honest that was the kind of moment that i went yeah i don't think i can like this movie anymore yeah that's fair because yeah i remember up to that point i assumed she just didn't want kids and she just then she's mm. like you don't even fuck me and then 
the fact that he does take her by force and then she sort of relents and is with, goes into it and goes with it. It's like, ah, oh, no, don't yeah, do that. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, the other thing as well is, I mean, if, if everything is in some way biblically related mm. or, or has a deeper meaning, it's like, what, what was the whole thing about him not wanting to have sex with her? Why did that happen? I, like, I don't know, but was there a reason or was... He didn't. Uh, was it until he had enough adoration? Was that kind of okay the message that like he doesn't really care about her unless because she's obviously being a big fan of his mm. the whole way through, but it meant nothing to him because it was just her. And then once it was everybody else, suddenly he was like, "Oh, now I mm-hmm. can view you as a human being." Or something. I don't know. It, mm. it, it's a bit muddled. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of wouldn't mind hearing your thoughts on like, the fountain and stuff now because I feel oh, like yeah. that's probably the same problem but I'm just not realising it. Because uh, I know yeah. the fountain is again all about him trying to save his wife through time and stuff. Oh, okay. I think she kind of has a slightly more internal life but she's... Uh, mm. maybe not. Well, well, <laughs> well no, it's also his actual wife at the time though. It's actual wife. Oh, so, that's weird. Mm, maybe this is all... Maybe Noah and this are both just his bad reaction to the divorce. <laughs> Could be, yeah. <laughs> Isn't he, he? Do you think Richard Weiss is watching this kind of going, Jesus? Yeah, yeah I'd say she's probably <laughs> happy that she me? got out. <laughs> yeah. Because isn't he dating Jennifer Lawrence now? Or there was like rumors. No way, really? Yeah. Well, I remember there's a. I read a, an article which was saying. I don't know, was it like rumored or whether it was mm. confirmed or whatever? Javier Bardem is. I don't know. Is his character confirmed as being 48? He's definitely much older than her. They keep mentioning Yeah. It. Which um, I kind of appreciate it because everyone before it came out was like, oh, of course, Savia Bardang is a younger woman yeah. in a Hollywood movie. But the movie's <laughs> all about, oh no, she's too old for you. You're very young. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, but, um, so I used to address that kind of. Yeah. No, because well, for some reason, I'm not sure if it, if it said that he was 48 or if Javier Bardem is 48, but so is Aronofsky. And this is the thing that the article was, are you sure you're not Bardem's character here? Because But if he is, like, he's very self-aware about it then. Because I don't think Bardem's character is... Good or likable or... Well, he, he's not. But I mean, the film also 100% straight plays Lawrence as the muse that drives the story. Yeah. I and mean, that she's not even a person. She's an archetype that gets replaced. Every yeah. Cycle. Yeah. So, I mean, even if he's, oh, this is very meta, it's, it's still playing it straight. Yeah. And he's not subverting any expectations or any any conceptions of what men or women do or should do. I thought so, it that like him as a man and a creator is yeah. literally God, can't be killed, yeah. goes through no real hardship, and even when his entire life is destroyed, can rebuild again <laughs> very much. easily with the same lifestyle as a different face woman. Yeah. Rachel Weiss. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it was all just a massive fuck you to Rachel Weiss. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. <laughs> and she goes off living with Daniel Craig. Aw. Well. Okay, well, you've certainly had your rant. And I appreciate that. <laughs> well, I'm glad. And you've I'm definitely glad. somewhat taken the film down if you're crazy in my mind. So that's what I come here for. Excellent. To be shown that my opinions are wrong because I know they are. Uh, I still think, of all things out at the moment, everyone should go see it because I just think there's nothing else like it in cinemas at the moment, certainly, mm-hmm. but like this year and especially like not made. I don't think it was made in the system, but like with big actors. Yeah, it's a weird one. Mm. I suppose I would say Detroit is Detroit still out. It might be. Just okay. Out, maybe. I'd say that would be probably my like yeah, recommendation. Yeah, Yeah. Um, probably also Logan Lucky, but you know. 
Um, I mean, yeah, I, I'd sort good. of say Kingsman maybe if you if you're into that sort mm. of smut, then <laughs> it's some top class smut, but it is it is still smut. Uh, so yeah, I guess that's that. Mm. Um, I guess we'll probably be back around Halloween. Yeah, that'd be good. Uh, was there anything else? Ooh, what's coming out soon? I kind of want to. I don't know if I want to. I'm going to say I do want to see Flatliners. I've never seen the old one. And I'm getting real sick yeah. of that trailer actually because it's okay, on before everything. Enough. So I'm kind of sick of it in the stupid oh, oh, score yeah. at the end. But it actually looks okay. Yeah. It's kind of like I, I a think, bit of crack. Yeah, I think I just kind of like the um, cast yeah, really. So, cast. I mean, it might be terrible, but. Have you seen the old one? No, I haven't. Yeah. So I don't know if that will detract or add to my. Apparently, the old one's not very good. I think Joel okay. Schumacher made it. So uh, like, okay, maybe I just uh, won't see it. Yeah, maybe, maybe <laughs> that. Uh, I'm looking forward to that Leatherface movie because. Oh, yeah. Every horror franchise that just won't die is always amusing, and apparently mm. isn't entirely terrible. Hmm. Uh, actually, I missed that news that they announced Jamie Lee Curtis is back for oh, the next yeah. Halloween movie. Yeah, that's good. Which is well, it's, it's good, but it's also funny because like she came back for the seventh one, which was twenty years later. Oh, okay. After mm. her character had died mm. off screen, they went no, yeah. faked my death. Yeah. Uh, and now it's gonna be forty years later, and her character died on screen. So will she just say she <laughs> faked her death again? So I don't know. That's funny to me. And I think they announced today Linda Hamilton's back for Terminator 6. Okay. And they're ignoring the previous of the Hunt <laughs> 3. Nice. Uh, so it's going to be a direct sequel to 2. The rest didn't happen because I am James Cameron. God, I hate James Cameron. Um, mm. Yeah, so Halloween and yeah. good times. Well, that was as ever, yeah. Sarah. Thank you for coming along yes. and being a, a stimulating, a stimulating muse oh. to, to my happy Bardem oh, before I burn pleasure. down this basement and kill us all. But not me. No. Uh, <laughs> I look forward to well, not me, but a yeah, replacement you, a of me to you. seeing your regeneration <laughs> soon. I look forward to removing the glass crystal that was once your house <laughs> and putting it on a shelf, or I'll give it to Victor, whatever. You know. Alrighty. <laughs> Bye. Bye.